Welcome everybody to episode 8 of Stirring the Pot. I'm the host for this episode, RJ, and beside me I got... Gabe, Connor, Andrew. Welcome in everyone. So, it's November now. We've finally gotten past October and there's now snow on the ground, or there was snow on the ground at least yesterday here in the Morgantown area. Something v- very exciting. I think we're all pretty excited about snow. Yeah, it's uh, we're get we're really getting November rain here. It's terrible. Uh, it's been raining so much. It feels it literally feels like Seattle. I hate it. Yeah, no more shorts and t-shirts. I'm gonna have to go with uh, shorts and hoodies. No, <laughs> didn't you still wear it? Oh wait, no, you had long sleeves, didn't you? Yesterday, no, I had a t-shirt and shorts on, and like twenty degree weather. That, that's, that's horrible. That's wild. Also, wait, that I went out a shirt off the the day before. Hey. Dude, that's nuts. Oh my god! But now Mar- Mariah Carey is unthawing as we speak. That that you're gonna hear oh, Christmas yeah. songs. It's gonna happen, and um, I'm not really excited for it. But hey, Christmas, it's something, man. All right. So last week's. Pretty boring slate of games, I would call it. Not anything exciting. However, a little bit of unexpectedness happened with Oklahoma going down in Kansas. What do we think, guys? What do we think about it? If it if it wasn't for the conditions, it would have been a much different game. I'm not saying Oklahoma would have won, but it would have been. You would have seen a different type of Oklahoma team out there. Well, I think definitely, yeah, but because that game was in weather delay for what was it about an hour? I yeah, think. and Dylan Gabriel throwing next to no passes is what their offense is. They've never established a, a like a strong run game. Yeah, but with the uh, with the like adverse conditions, I really think you got to kind of see Dylan Gabriel run it a lot more than he's usually used to because they do use him a lot in that passing game, but not nearly as much as you think they would. But I really do think that. He did prove his worth on the ground, but at the end, didn't come out with the dub. Oh, no, absolutely. And this is an Oklahoma team that I would say was very vulnerable coming into this game. You saw what UCF almost did to him. Was that, wasn't that that in – that was in Norman, wasn't it? I think I, believe, I think it was in Norman. Yeah, I believe it was. they just went to Kansas. Yeah, because, wow. It, that, I think, honestly, obviously derails all uh, college football playoff hopes, definitely, if they even had any to begin with. But then the other game where uh, game day was in Utah, wow. What Oregon did dismantling that Utah team is something that can't go unnoticed. Wow. What I mean, what do we think about this? this is, I think this is like the top headline from last week. This is insane. Yeah, I covered that game, and you, you see, like, I had them winning 31-10, to 10, and I think Connor was the one who was, like, shocked that I gave Utah 10 points, not that I gave Oregon 30-plus. Um, but it showed, and Boynes really looked like a walk-on that game. And, you know, that, that offense from the Ducks is just crazy. You got Bodacious, and you have Irving. Uh, you have all types of receivers in Franklin. It, it's just an incredible, complete group. Uh, absolutely, and also what that win, it's a great win. It's a resume. It's an extra resume piece that you can add in, especially with the college football playoff rankings finally coming out that we'll discuss later. But still, it, what an amazing win from that Oregon team. Yeah, and I think this, uh, obviously I've, I've been talking up Oregon for the last couple of weeks now. I really think they've got a shot this year. This would probably be their year to do, to make some noise in the college football realm. But I really think something that's going a little under everyone's radar is the fact that Utah is still a top 15 team without their number one quarterback, Cameron Rising. 
and he's supposedly coming back next year because he's got medical redshirted, right? I believe, yeah, he got redshirted, so or medical redshirted, so I feel most likely be the starter next year. But we still have no idea. Yeah, but okay. this this Utah team has ab- has looked absolutely incredible with a walk on quarterback. I really think that shows a lot about this Utah team, and if they can retain some of those guys, they might be able to make some noise next year. Well, yeah, they're definitely retaining uh, Cam Rising because he'll probably be still playing at Utah by the time we graduate. So <laughs> <laughs> It's like Sean Clifford if he got injured every year. Oh, jeez. How long was he there? What, six years? Six, yeah. Jeez. Six painful, painful years. Oh, six good years for uh, my Ohio team, at least. We'll say that. Oh, but, yep. oh, geez. It's been a good past 10 years. Anyway. But still, last week, not as eventful, not as exciting, but still had some pretty interesting scores, obviously, those two to mention. Um, but the last week's games that we covered, um, oh, Jesus. Uh, Andrew, would you like to to barge in with your great game? Such a beautiful game. Michigan State at Minnesota. Minnesota winning 27-12. to How about third-string running back for Minnesota, Jordan Newbin, going 40 carries for 204 yards and two touchdowns. Wow. Minnesota now leads the Big Ten West. Are you serious? You're kidding me. They're the top leader right now. Yeah. They're the well, leaders? It's, it's a crazy tie. It's oh. going to be. Oh. It's projected to that, be Ohio State versus Minnesota. It, well, the Iowa loss to Minnesota really hurt. I'm that, telling you, it's literally it's a classic Big Ten West mid-off. Exactly. Why, it's the battle of the mid. Who do you think, what is the reason then why we obviously had Andrew cover it, Big Ten West extraordinaire over there, Mr. Punning is winning. <laughs> That's basically what the Big Ten West is. Mr. Cooper DeGene is the future. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah, not exciting. It it happened. You just move on and you call it a day. Um, let's see. Other game we had, I'll go with my game that I covered last week. Duke at Louisville. Wow. Holy bum show. Honestly, Louisville just wiped the floor with Duke. It, it, it was. I was shocked because I did not expect Louisville to come out here and absolutely just dominate this Blue Devil team with Riley Leonard. Leonard went nine for twenty three that game with a pick. Oh, horrible! Of, that's stat. really out of character. For yeah, him. Very exactly. That's what I thought. I'm like, I, I don't know. There's not much really to go on about it. But Jawar Jordan for Louisville basically having twenty one carries, one hundred sixty three yards, and two touchdowns, which oh. is they're only two of the game actually. So holy, good, yeah, holy mid. But hey, he did his job. Shout out to that Louisville team. We'll get into them a little bit as we go over those rankings. But, wow. I mean, it was a great win. It's a great top 20 win regardless. I'd say it'll boost them up. But still, really great win for that Cardinal program that is on the rise, actually. I'm actually kind of impressed and surprised by what they've done this season. Um, Looking into other last week's games, anybody else want to chime in? Um, I mean, I covered UCLA versus Colorado. But, again, it was another mid-show. Um, Shadur Sanders with a his typical garbage time touchdown to make it look like Colorado was a lot closer to winning than they were, but UCLA got the job done as I thought they would. Twenty eight sixteen. I mean, what are you gonna do, Ethan Garbers? That that UCLA offense is very talented. Their running backs, their running backs were completely unstoppable. Uh, two hundred eighteen yards combined and two touchdowns, and Garbers with almost three hundred through the air and two touchdowns. The only, the only blemish on that UCLA offense was the pick that he threw. But listen to this stat. Colorado, you know how Colorado usually has a decent rushing game? Yeah, most of the time. Yeah. Dylan Edwards. Yeah. Yeah. The team combined for 24 carries for 25 yards. 
That's a real stat? That is a real stat. Oh Dylan Edwards went God. 4 for 12. Their leading rusher was this random bum I've never heard of, Alton McCaskill. <laughs> I have not heard that holy, name. F- holy farmer name. <laughs> Two carries for 14 yards. Staggering <laughs> stat. Wow. <laughs> that wow. Is, yeah, that's basically uh, what? Yeah, it's over half their rushing yards. Yeah, and (laughs) it was bad. It was really bad. And like I said before, Shadur Sanders threw 43 passes and only completed 27 of them. 200 yards and a touchdown. Another classic Colorado. Oh, we're gonna come in. We're gonna flex the Rolexes, and they don't. That actually got those. Actually, some of uh, I believe it was Julia got stolen too. Yeah, I mean, was just yeah. You can't you can't come you can't come into LA thinking you're gonna come back with everything you came with. (sighs) It's it's the, that whole thing's just a disappointing. Yeah. They want the Rose Bowl to pay it back. We'll see how that goes. But jeez, anybody else? Any other games before we move on? There's there's a game that happened in California, but I I'd, I'd like to talk about it when we talk about the playoff rankings. All right. Yeah, we'll save it for that. Let's do it. So then now we will transition into this week's sta- I would say stacked roster of games that we have here i mean this is going to be a fun one and gabe i know you have a great sec battle that could determine a lot come standing time yeah it's an interesting one um georgia mizzou mizzou is 12th in playoffs and georgia is second behind the ohio state university but um brady cook last game they had a bye week coming off a bye week uh they dismantled south carolina I, I can't say it any other way. I had them losing, and then one man said, never bet against Mizzou this year. <laughs> <laughs> and so Brady Cook, 15 for 25, not the, the greatest number, but 205 yards and a touchdown, no interceptions. Where he got it done with his legs, 64 yards on nine carries and a rushing touchdown. But the guy that I want to highlight, of course, for this game, Again, back-to-back weeks, I've covered Missouri, and I want to highlight this kid, Cody Schrader. Dude, he's nice. He is nice. I mean, he's coming off a 150-plus game, multiple touchdown, and, of course, the other one is Luther Burden. These are two superstars on this Missouri offense that is going to carry them in this Georgia game. Luther coming off a 5-catch, 97-yard touchdown game. It's pretty much typically of what he does. He's top 10 in receptions, yards, and he just doesn't get the touchdowns, but he gets production to get them in the area to score touchdowns. Absolutely. I mean, that's what matters. Even like, Yeah, if you're not getting touchdowns on the board, but you're still getting those productions and those catches and those yards and those crucial situations, that's just as impactful as a receiver that maybe has, what, two catches but like a touchdown, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, there's an important stat since we're talking about Missouri. Uh, Luther Burden, he is currently leading the NCAA in receiving yards, correct? He's still leading the le- leading the FBS in receiving yards. I think he, he was last week. I don't know if anyone surpassed him. He's 19 years old. That's insane. Yeah, he's, he's a 19. sophomore. Yeah, a sophomore putting up that type of product, like the best production. Yeah. Hey, they, there, nothing else you could really ask for from this kid. He's doing awesome. He's doing amazing things down there. For a Missouri program that has been on the rebuilding side, and they're yeah. now... Look at him now. I mean, yeah. it's impressive. Nobody really expected them to go this all out. Oh God, he's not even close to number one on receiving. Oh, really? is he not? He's fifth behind. He got, overpa- he got, he got okay. overtaken. He got overtaken. Yeah, and there's by a very... Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Very Malik notable Malik name. Neighbors we'll, is number one. Oh, yeah. Neighbors is one. Neighbors is one. So. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. I know he was one, I think it was last week. Yeah. But, I mean, still, top five. Or is, is he top five? He is top five. He's fifth. Yeah. I was going to say. but that, that Kentucky game hurt him where he had 15 yards. Yeah, oh, yeah. but, I mean, you got to think. 
come next year, all the good wide receivers are coming in this class. So I think maybe next year you could potentially look at him to be like a mid to early first rounder. That's if, a sne- he ke- if he keeps it up. Absolutely. That's a sneaky name that you could already prep for in, what, the 2025 NFL draft? Yeah. And very, And teams are looking at that, so it's going to be very interesting to see if we see his name called in that draft. Yeah, and their defense has been inconsistent this year. They've looked pretty good, they've looked shaky, and they've looked bad. So they've, they've looked all three. Against South Carolina, they were excellent. 286 total yards allowed and made Spencer Rattler look like he was back at Oklahoma. And they didn't allow a single touchdown. They allowed four field goals, and they forced a turnover. They they got five sacks, which they're top 20 in the league now in sacks, 14th if you disclaim only big-time conferences. So they're, they're a very stat-heavy defense, but it's just the inconsistencies is where it really lies. They'll have one big game, and they'll have one really bad game. I mean, yeah, definitely. But still, the fact that this Missouri team overall on both offense and defense are putting up these stats that are very noticeable by everyone, I think gives them their proper ranking. What, they're 12th, correct? Yeah, they are 12th in the playoffs, but there's there's a cornerback on this team that is just crazy. You know, I, I had his name pulled up. I, I haven't done much research on Missouri. I, I hate to say it. There's not Missouri's not a flashy team like Ohio State, for example. But there, there's one corner on their team that's just been outstanding, and he's kind of come in big progress this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely, yeah. I mean, if you're Missouri, you're developing. It's a developing program. I would say they haven't hit their full stride yet. This wasn't a year that everybody was expecting, oh, potential top 10 team. Like, if you're, I think, in a Missouri fan base, I wouldn't think you would be expecting that. But, I mean, if they were, hey. That's high That's high hopes for your team, and fair enough, it's paying off right now, especially against a Georgia team that Brock Bowers being out really hurts him. I think that's a no-brainer for everybody that watches college football, and it's going to make uh, Carson's Beck job, job a lot a lot more difficult. Even though it, it is a home game for Georgia, it's still going to be very difficult for him. Yeah, and that corner is Chris... Abrams Drain, I did not want to get his name wrong because that's how much of a big story is. He has four interceptions on the year with 10 pass deflections, only 35 total tackles. He has been all over the place, and he is only a junior. But moving on to this Georgia team, as we know, Carson Beck is a quarterback, and he is not he is the definition of average. I, I hate to say it. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I have it in my notes. He is the definition of a B. Yeah, so. <laughs> he, he is kind of a C-plus, B-minus quarterback. He had over 300 yards last game. Uh, I guess it's fine, but that Florida defense has not been great this year. But he also had two touchdowns and no interceptions. You always like to see that. The running backs, they they played on heavily. They won time of possession against Florida, and they want to make it known that they are a run team when Bowers is sitting on the sidelines. So uh, Deshaun Edwards, the lead back. And then Kendall Milton. They they had 15 and 13 carries apiece. So for having a lead back in Edwards and having your backup have almost as many carries it's kind of awkward but 28 combined carries for 151 total yards and three total rushing touchdowns for these two and then they have a receiver <laughs> i'm guessing that's lad mcconkey um he really hasn't done much this year this was his breakout game he had six catches 135 yards and a touchdown um they just like he had a longer 54 Georgia really relied on explosive plays and a heavy ground uh pound and ground ground and pound run game with no Bowers, and it's that def- that offense is looking kind of exposed without him. I would I would say definitely yeah because this is going to be it's a 
even though it's at home for Georgia, this is still one of their biggest tests without your best weapon. It's going to be very interesting to see how Carson Beck, I think, overall plays this game because if he doesn't have the greatest game and let's say Missouri pulls off this upset, there's going to be a lot of questions regarding Carson Beck, I think, and what if he is that right guy for this top, obviously definitely top three Georgia team. Yeah, and Georgia's defense, again, gets it done. They allowed 300-plus yards to Florida. Moats didn't play horrible, but, again, four sacks and a forced fumble, eight tackles for loss. That's all you like to see. But moving on to this game's week, and this is definitely the biggest game, arguably, sorry, arguably the biggest game on Georgia's resume. Um, Ole Miss is on there, too, next week. But this is at Sanford Stadium. Georgia has a ridiculous 83.5% chance of beating Missouri. Really? Wow. I wouldn't even give it that high. And that's with Bowers being out. That is with the Bowers being out. And that's what got me. Wow. I was, like, I was like, okay, if Bowers is playing, I can kind of see that. It's, yeah. it's, defi- it's definitely because they're home. And it has I mean, to be. It, it, I mean, the Georgia environment's definitely great. But like, I think that Mizzou, chance has a, I think that Mizzou team has a much better chance of, like, what, 16? The last time Georgia lost at home was in 2019, four years ago. The longest home winning streak in all of college football right now. So it is definitely very tough to play at Sanford. Yeah, it, it's it's that it's that dog environment. It dog pound. Is. It's got to be. But you look at uh, you have no Bowers. Um, I we did mention this before we got on air that Bowers, despite being out for the last two or three weeks, um, he still leads them in every single receiving category. That's, that's including receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Uh, Dominic Lovett is their second option, I guess, with thirty-five catches and three hundred sixty-five yards on the year, a solo touchdown. And Marcus Roseme Jackson, <laughs> I love that name. <laughs> But he also he he seems he he gets a bunch of stuff off explosive plays. He's got twenty catches for three hundred forty one yards. Those two really need to step up this game. I would say absolutely because if Georgia's going to want any form of passing identity, it's going to have to be between those two guys. So I'm very curious, and if one of them breaks out good enough, it could save the day for Georgia potentially and avoid maybe a massive massive upset. Yeah, McConkey had his breakout game against South Carolina. He's coming off 100 yards, so watch for him. He might step onto the scene again. But Beck, he isn't average. Not at all. He's not average, in my opinion, but he's not great. He's he's not Stetson Bennett great. So you kind of say he's like a little bit above average. Yeah, I, he's, a he's a B. Yes, yeah. He's the definition of a B. So he's basically a game editor. He, he so that's really, really is. That's really all they need. 14, yeah. passes, 14 touchdowns to four interceptions, almost yeah. 2,500 yards on 70-plus completion percentage. I mean, you would say that, but I think one thing that goes unnoticed is that this O-line creates that for him. They have only He's only been sacked five times. So Damn. it's 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 all light and breezy for him in that in that backfield, but he does get it out pretty quick. Absolutely, yeah. That's a quarterback's dream to have an O lineman that only that you're only going down to the ground five times what all year. Yeah, all year. Wow, that's that's crazy. Yeah, man, you can't you can't ask for nothing else really if you're a quarterback. That's what that's what Sam Howell dreams about at night. Hi, oh God. <laughs> yeah. But their defense, of course, is still incredible. They don't have the flashy names this year, but they do have a lot of people who will go, be going day two and three in the NFL, of course. They're allowing just over 175 passing yards, and they're allowing under 100 rushing yards. To com- and they're allowing 14 points a game. So, Still, I mean, if you're averaging around two touchdowns a game, especially with the, since they've been playing SEC competition, that's really impressive. Yeah, they only have 16 sacks, which isn't that much to put that in comparison, that's one more than West Virginia. <laughs> so um, it that's that's not the greatest number. 
Mizzou's team loves to get to that quarterback. I mean, those defensive lines are hungry to get into that backfield. That's going to be a problem for Beck. And I feel like if he's under pressure, mistakes are going to grow because he's technically a first-year quarterback. He People forget that. He's technically a first-year quarterback. You see Kate Klubnick struggling. You see all these times, like Spencer Rattler back in Oklahoma struggled. I mean, he's still a first-year quarterback, and he's I don't he's prone to make mistakes. I, I feel like this is the game where he does it. This this Missouri team they don't they don't go off of stopping you. They they, they don't get many three and outs. They go off of making you make a costly mistake, which gives their offense momentum because their offense is incredible, and they have a great quarterback. They have a outstanding running back, and they have a top five receiver arguably. So you look at those stats. I mean, Cooks, two thousand two hundred fifty nine yards, almost pretty much seventy percent on passing, and fifteen touchdowns to three interceptions. Strader is over eight hundred yards and approaching double digit touchdowns. Bowden is just a monster. I, I mean, you you see this team; they're not complete like Georgia. Georgia is a pretty complete team, um, but I still feel like they haven't had much competition. On my one, on my right, I have Connor who said, "Don't." Go against Mizzou ever this season, and I've got RJ on my right. Um, so I'm gonna <laughs> uh, uh, <Bro. laughs> wow. I'm gonna have to go with Missouri. I'm with Connor. Ooh, I'm on the Connor wow. train. I like that. I, I like Connor. that. Too, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Looking at this game, and this is a huge test for Georgia. And you're not having Brock Bowers against this Missouri team that's been cooking up in recent weeks. It's not as far-fetched as some people are thinking this is. Yeah, and I, I've got to go. They've got a star-studded corner, arguably the best corner in college football this year, and Chris Abram Drain. And they don't have a, a real big number one receiver. So he could be all over the field for them and really get stuff happening. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to agree with you there. I mean, if Missouri doesn't pull off the win, I think it's going to be a very, very close win for Georgia. Uh, this is definitely going to give that Georgia team a scare either way. Because this Missouri team, like you said, has been absolutely cooking this year. And I, either way, if, if Missouri doesn't pull it out and Georgia ends up winning, I don't think it's going to be by that big of a margin, but it's definitely going to be a good game to watch. Oh, definitely. That is for certain. So that's a very, very exciting SEC game to watch. And next up, I mean, we're staying with you, Connor. Your game, a, ba- a Big 12 battle that has a lot at stake for the Big 12 standings. So if you guys play GTA and go to the high stakes tables and you have to own a penthouse to go to them, this is a high stakes game. <laughs> this is like going up to the three card poker table in GTA Online and putting all 100,000 chips on it. Number seven, Texas hosts number 23, freshly ranked Kansas State. It, I, it's, I have no idea what to think about this game because it could go either way in my eyes. Exactly. I mean, considering a fact, also another major injury here, Quinn Ewers is out that, for this game. Yes. That's Texas' starting quarterback, and it's been their guy that's been leading him throughout the season, obviously when they beat Alabama for sure with how Ewers played that game. But against a hot, red-hot K-State team that has been really under the radar, I mean, to me especially, since like until what, maybe last week when they played Houston yeah. in as you're going to go into it here, they dismantled Houston. Yeah, it's a Houston offense under our old buddy Dana Holgerson. Um, I <laughs> I think um, it was a it was a great win for Kansas State. This Houston offense has been absolutely they've they've pretty much been unstoppable most of the season. Even their record does not show how good their offense has been. They have been they've been firing on all cylinders most of the games that they've played, 
it's a little scary to think about, but Kansas State absolutely shut it down. They shut them out 41-0, which I mean, that kind of that kind of upset. I don't, I wouldn't say upset, but that kind of win in this college football climate is kind of hard to come by, and we've seen a lot of them this season. But when you think about Kansas State football, you really don't think about shutout wins. You usually think about those grit and grind, get it done. But this is a new Kansas State team that we're seeing. Uh, their quarterback, Will Howard, has been, I'd say, above average. I think well, like, He's only had like six years to develop. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's, that's very true. I'd put him a, I'd put him a little above <laughs> I'd put him a little above Carson Beck this year. Um he in his last game was 15 for 17, 164 yards, two touchdowns and no turnovers, which I think is great because if you look at the efficiency right there against a against a top 10 team like a great defense in Texas, you're going to need to be efficient. Cuz if you can't get those easy third downs, if you can't make the plays, make the right reads, you're not going to be able to do anything. I mean, definitely or even third downs in general for that matter. If you're getting stopped on and getting three and outs a lot, you're giving you would give Texas more chances to score with an offense. Yeah, I about to say they are led by uh what is it? Malik Murphy, right? Yeah, Malik Murphy. That's right. Yeah, led by him and he's been able to show that he can at least put some points on the board, so you don't want to give him too many opportunities or else you don't want it to kind of get out of hand early. Yeah. Uh, their third down efficiency has been absolutely amazing this year. That's a large part in why they're ranked. Uh, James Franklin takes notes. Um, <laughs> they've had an amazing rushing attack. Um, and I think one of their highlight players, I think the player that's going to play a big part in this game is their running back, DJ Giddens. Last game, he had 13 carries for 96 yards and two touchdowns. He was a main catalyst of that offense and a major reason why they won that game. Uh, seven and a half yards per carry. Lights out. It, it's. I was looking at the highlights on this game. It was absolutely incredible. Uh, they Houston couldn't get anything. They held them to under 100 passing yards, and they held them to under 200 total yards. Well, I, 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 no, that's actually a lie. It was a little over 200 total yards but that the offense was firing on all cylinders it was it was crazy oh absolutely I mean it's a that Houston offense has a couple of playmakers the ability to shut them down even for that shows what the defense can do which I think is something that is a little bit underappreciated going into this game this K-State defense if they can somehow manage to get something and shut Texas down that's gonna put them on the map yeah um I think one thing that's important to note about this Kansas State defense is that they're not the greatest at forcing turnovers. They do hold, they hold them on a lot of third downs. They're good at like defensive holds, but not the penalty defensive hold, but they're good at holding offenses on defense when they need to. But I think something that is going to need to be addressed for this game, they need to turn the ball over. They need to get, they need to get turnovers. Yeah, and, and that's the only reason, I, I, I hate to say it, but the only reason Texas has that glaring one loss on their year. Quinn Ewers could not take care of that ball in that first half against Oklahoma, and it lost in the game eventually. Yeah, uh, and it's, like you were saying about Quinn Ewers, they're not playing Quinn Ewers this week. It is, Malik Murphy is expected to start. Um, he, this is the reason why I say this game could go anyway. If Quinn Ewers was starting, I would pretty confidently take Texas in this game. Quinn Ewers has been very solid all year. Other than the first half of that Oklahoma game, Malik Murphy looked very shaky. He looked 
actually incredibly shaky. He was 16 for 27, 170 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. But the thing that scares me, 45 QBR. Ooh. That's bad. Yeah, that's that's dangerously low, especially for a top 10 Texas that is, team. That's really bad. And, I mean, if it was against BYU. Who does not have a great defense. Exactly. It's, it's something to look at for this game. But, obviously, their main guy, one of my favorite players in college football right now, Jonathan Brooks. I know Gabe's talked about him a lot before in the past. 16 carries, 98 yards, and a touchdown with 40 yards on four catches. Now, when you think about that, he almost had, or he was approaching the amount of yards their quarterback had as a running back. That, and that's not a good look for, I mean, if you're Texas, I think it's something, you don't want to have to overly rely on Jonathan Brooks because, I mean, he is an amazing player. He's done amazing things this season. I'm, I'm a fan of him. I will say that. He's done good stuff. But if you want to, if you're trying to overly rely on him, most of the time that's not really going to work out that well, especially like against the red hot Kansas State defense that is known for getting third down stops. It just it's not a good mix. Yeah, and I think the most staggering stat from that game against BYU was Xavier Worthy, four catches, twenty seven yards, for their main play playmaker. That is year. very low for. I mean, that's, I, really that's a guy I've talked about. Yeah, towards the beginning of the year, he's. He was the their main big shot playmaker. Yeah, that's holding him to you said twenty seven yards, twenty seven yards on four catches. Wow, that he's he's gonna have to get way more involved than that if they're gonna want to try and win this game. Yeah, he yeah. needs to get way more involved on the season. He only has just above five hundred yards, which yeah. is which is not great. And he was supposed to go down as like one of these late first like first round receivers, like kind of like a Bateman area. He's definitely got the talent to be that kind of level prospect, but I think. Um, I think that's one thing that they need to focus on in this game. If they can get Malik Murphy going, because I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna play quarterback at Texas, you have to have some kind of passing ability. I mean, we've seen it with Texas quarterbacks over the years, but they just need to get. I, I think it's a confidence issue because Quinn Ewers came in auto starter, and that's got to be deflating for your confidence. So he, they just need to get him confident, and they need to get him rolling early. That's how they're gonna win this game. But looking into the game. Texas is slated to have a 66% chance to win, so that's about two-thirds. But Texas is home. Uh, They're a much more well-rounded team than Kansas State. They've got a lot of stars on that offense. But what I think with this game, I think it's going to be a running back battle because Jonathan Brooks, obviously, I believe, is the best running back in college football. As of right now. Debatable, debatable. It, it is debatable. There's a lot of good running well, backs in college football. Absolutely, but still, it's a debate that has a lot of merit. Yeah. He, I believe, almost has 1,000 yards rushing on the season, and he's been very heavily involved in the pass game recently. But Kansas State's running back has been very nice for them, too. DJ Giddens almost has 800 yards on the year. So, I mean, honestly, if you think about it, it's going to boil down to either which running back plays better or which quarterback figures it out early. So, with that being said, I think it's going to be a narrow, narrow game. But I've got Texas pulling it out 27-24 at home. Wow. I about to say, this is a game that is very interesting. Obviously, for Big 12 standings, what, does each team have one conference loss? Yeah. I believe so. Whoever loses this game, it's going to be very interesting for their uh, Big 12 championship game hopes. Definitely. Oh, yeah. oh, I yeah. think 
the loser of this game, I would assume, wouldn't get in. They'd need some more kind of magic, especially. Yeah. Well, the Oklahoma loss kind of opens a two-loss team, that, maybe. That opens that Texas door. Yeah, absolutely. If te- Especially if Texas wins, you could see them potentially being that second team, and, I would think. And I'm going to say this. If, if Kansas State can pull off the upset, um, this this Big 12 championship game will feature probably two teams with two losses. Like Oklahoma is sitting really pretty, but I, I don't know. After that Kansas game, they look kind of shaky. So you could see a Big 12 championship game with two teams that have two losses. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think it's very, very possible. So I'm, I'm very excited to see how that Big 12 comes out. Very competitive conference this year that many people weren't thinking to be competitive. So I, I'm loving it. I like how we're getting down to the wire, and I'm very excited to see how that comes out. But staying in the Big 12 with another game, a rivalry game. Andrew, man, give a give us a very interesting game for us. Give us get, talk to us about it. Number nine Oklahoma travels to number twenty two Oklahoma State for the final edition of the Bedlam rivalry for Ooh. the foreseeable future. Um, Oklahoma sitting at seven and one, four and one, of course. Uh, the upset loss last week at Kansas, uh, zero sacks, three TFLs, just not a great game. Three turnovers, eleven penalties. Not going to win playing like that. Uh, Marcus Major did not plan that game. That was pretty huge in my opinion. Gabriel has had a good season. Uh, for me, in my opinion, I feel like the big thing that nobody's talking about with Oklahoma is the loss of Andrell Anthony. I think that's been very huge to their passing offense, and it doesn't really get enough uh, talking. Uh, their leading receiver was Drake Stoops in that loss to Kansas. You're not winning games with Drake Stoops as your leading receiver. He's like oh, no. Hunter Renfro <laughs> 2.0. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I, I get that point. Uh, since Anthony's loss, Jalil Farouk is the current uh, leading receiver past that running back's Tawi Walker. He had a good game, 146 yards on the ground uh, last week against Kansas. For Oklahoma State, they're coming off a 45-13 to drubbing of Cincinnati. Cincinnati deserves no introduction. Ali Gordon, another great game. 25 carries, 271 yards, two touchdowns. He's been going nuts. Ollie Gordon has been electric well, it these past, I believe, three or four games. He's been going nuts. Yeah, and sadly, we got to watch his performance in person of him going nuts. Man, that's... Uh, you kind of just tend to expect it, but still, I mean, overall, he's been playing great football and a name to watch definitely as the season winds down for sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's a great receiving and rushing back, 1,000-yard carrying, 7.7 average, 10 touchdowns, and receiving 201 yards receiving, 9.6 average. He's a great running back. This Oklahoma State offense runs very well through him. Passing-wise, not very big, but Brennan Presley, the leading receiver for Oklahoma State, just uh, 318 yards receiving. Kind of crazy that your running back has just about, th- you know, just right there with your receiver. Absolutely. It shows how involved he is and how much he means to this Oklahoma State offense, definitely. As for the defenses, uh, Oklahoma State scoring about 31 per game and allowing, or Oklahoma State, yeah, 31 per game, allowing 24, putting up 429 yards per game, 397 allowed. As for Oklahoma, 42 point per game scoring, 18.9 opponent points per game, uh, 490 yards per game. Very impressive. That was not there against Kansas. Uh, n- definitely not for sure. It was not there. 
351.8 opponent rushing yards per game. Their run defense has been pretty good, just 131.6 yards per game. Uh, so Ali Gordon has two straight games of 200-plus rushing yards. Gabe, I think, knows a lot about Ali Gordon. I, I love me some Ali Gordon. We did on the last episode our top three running back rankings. I did have Jonathan Brooks at one, but Ali Gordon was my number three because how good he was playing as a starter. As for some overall thoughts for this game, somebody's Big 12 championship hopes are going to end here, and um, as well as Oklahoma's playoff hopes are on the line. Realignment, killing another rivalry, it's sad, but Oklahoma off to different pastures. Uh, could we see an upset? I, I, I don't think so. I mean, something to kind of point out, it's definitely possible. I think it's very possible. It's definitely possible. Oklahoma has owned this rivalry these past many years. I mean, under current head coach of Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State's just three and fifteen under Gundy against uh, Oklahoma. That's, jeez, what eight? Uh, yikes! That, that's not a good percentage. Whatever it is, it's not good for sure. But oh, man, who, who do you got winning? I'm assuming you're on the Oklahoma train. I I think Oklahoma. I think for Oklahoma State to win this game, it's going to take another Ali Gordon great game, two hundred, two fifty, whatever. Um, I'll take Oklahoma thirty. 521. Wow. So I think that's a fair I think score. that's yeah. a fair yeah. assumption. That's yeah. fair. So uh, what? Yeah, two touchdown Oklahoma win. I think a win for the Oklahoma team that they could use to obviously boost resume. That's what everybody's going to be looking into now that the rankings have switched. We'll get into that later. But uh, hey, we now we have the game of the week. Number 14 LSU led by Wow, an electric man at quarterback in Jaden Daniels travels to Tuscaloosa, Bryant-Denny Stadium to take on this number 8 Alabama team led by Jalen Milrow. I'm obviously see you over here. You're getting excited for your guy, I can tell. I've just got yeah, I've been I've been on the Jaden Daniels train for a little bit. At the start of the season I was really skeptical about him, but he's definitely proven his worth. I did say he was not a big game guy. He's a big game guy now. <laughs> You're, so uh, you're he, switching up the you're narrative switching up now. The narrative, yeah. yeah, he proved me wrong. And I mean, fair play. But I'm going to say this one thing before you get into it. Right. I think if he wins this game, if Jaden Daniels proves his worth during this game and LSU come out with the win, Heisman. Are, for sure. Is that still with a close win? Yes. Say it's a three-point win, you still give him as long as he has, As long as he has the stats that I think he's going to have, he should win the Heisman. Easily. So are you talking, let's say, maybe what, two, three touchdowns, maybe one pick max? Yeah. <sighs> that... Because, I mean, his, his his work on the ground is that's, what gets that, it for him. That's very true. I mean, it's, it's something I tend to honestly agree with you. I was going to get to that in the end. But still, it very it's a very much of a Heisman game for him. I think it's it's going to be a very – what his biggest test of the year, I think, for sure, one of his biggest tests. Yeah. Especially in Bama, where a lot of QBs sometimes struggle. It'll be very interesting. But this is an evening game. It's, it's slated for a 745 kickoff. Um, weather not really a factor in this matchup, so we're going to really see how these teams play and not have weather as an issue. Um, Bama is favored by a field goal and given a 62.4% chan chance to win. Um, but in this rivalry, Bama leads 55-27 in five ties. That's crazy. It's Nick Saban. 
That's very it's, fair. It, yeah. That, yeah, it's Nick Saban. Coach it's, O just couldn't get past him. No, man. I, th- oh, wow. What, I think they won last year, though. LSU. It was in LSU. Overtime. Yeah, that game was nuts. I remember I was watching that game, and I went crazy when they got it. It was nuts. Very big. I think another chance to have a similar game like that this year. Um, but looking at Alabama, uh, last week was their bye week. So I'm going to go into their game a week before that against Tennessee. They were in Tennessee. They were down 20-6 to at half. <laughs> Not really something you see Alabama in a lot of the time. And their second-half team, they clearly showed they were a second-half team because they, I mean, you overcome a 14-point deficit. You are still at home, but still, it was a major win for them. It's just that devil magic of playing in Tuscaloosa. You can't explain it, but you lose games that you shouldn't. You lose leads that you shouldn't, all because you're playing against that witch Nick Saban. And that devil magic down there. <laughs> devil magic, man. Jalen Milrow <laughs> went 14 for 21, 220 yards passing, and two touchdowns with a pick. But something that I'm very interested to see, running back Chase McClellan. He had 27 carries this game, and I think the next leading back had only nine carries. So they were very reliant on uh, Jace on the ground. But he had 115 yards and a touchdown, so hey, he had over 100 yards. Fair enough. Yeah. He got what they needed to do, got the job done. Um, Their leading receiver was Isaiah Bond. He had three catches, but still 77 yards and a touchdown. He was averaging 25.7 yards a catch that game. So that's one of their big play guys that I think they're definitely going to need in this game at home against LSU. And then uh, also second receiver, Jermaine Burton. He had four uh, receptions for 62 yards, and he, all, and he put up a touchdown. So those two guys are going to be very interesting. Maybe even, they could they flip-flop? I don't think it's going to mainly be Isaiah Bond. He's their kind of main guy that Milrow likes to kind of target for like those big, deep gains down the field. Um, but Alabama's defense, uh, senior linebacker Chris Broswell, he had two sacks and two tackles for loss against a, an interesting Tennessee team. But so I think overall that good stat line. He was kind of one of their defensive leaders at linebacker, and also another one of their linebackers, sophomore Deontay Lawson. I believe he led the team in twelve total tackles and even had a pass defended. So overall, those two linebackers really stepped up and helped that defense to get that comeback win. Um, Kool-Aid McKinstry, though, only had two tackles and one pass defended, a name that was very hyped up coming into this season, and I would say a game that is not really not not really a good game in, in my eyes. I think he's going to have to have a way better stat line if this Alabama team wants to win, especially knowing what Jaden Daniels can do on the ground and through the air. Uh, but Alabama uh, was 5 for 13 from third down, so... Eh, a little bit above below average from third down, but they yeah. definitely can't be doing that against LSU. That's for certain. Nah, they can't. Nick Saban can't turn into. Uh, he can't turn into James Franklin. He can't. He can't go blank on third down. They what? need to. They yeah. need to convert their third. He can't go over sixteen. Definitely. Well, for yeah, sure. you can't do that anyways. But you just can't. You need to convert your third downs. Oh, definitely. That's well. That's what could possibly save him this game. Um, they had 358 total yards on offense, uh, 220 through the air, and 138 on the ground. So they are more, I would say, more towards of a passing team, but they can also run the ball if needed. Um, only one penalty, though, this whole game for five yards. That was it, wow. which is very, very interesting. Both of these teams, especially from their last games, have not committed penalties much. So these are two very clean teams, and 
I don't know if we'll see that this game. I think, obviously, a rivalry. Its tempers are going to be flaring, obviously. It's a very big SEC matchup. So I think there's going to be, obviously, more penalties this game than uh, past games. Um, but they did have two turnovers this game. Uh, they lost a fumble and then Miller threw an interception. But they had uh, 32 minutes and 19 seconds of total possession this game, which I think they were slowly getting possession and then driving it down the field and scoring. I think that's what – and it left Tennessee kind of no time to respond because they were just – Alabama was leading that comeback, and they had nothing to respond with. So for Alabama, not bad at all. Comeback win, though, still very difficult to do, so props to them for getting that done. Um, switching to LSU, very different, very different. They had Army at Tiger Stadium. They had the camo end zones. I thought that was pretty cool, kind of like a, a kind of an honoring. I thought that was pretty cool, but uh, that score is not cool, though. 62 to nothing was the final in that game. I'm telling you, man, it's the shutout. Oh, it's man. The sh- it's the shutout. Yeah, it was, a, it was a bad shutout for sure. Um, but for LSU, this is a great game for your confidence. The confidence is still high. You're riding into Tuscaloosa for probably their, their – it is their toughest game of the year because they don't have too many other tough matchups. I think they only have like maybe one more in-conference game. So very interesting for their schedule. Um, Jaden Daniels that game though went 11 for 15 for 279 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, I think the backup came in kind of more towards that second half, obviously for blowouts. Yeah, yeah he did. You got to save your quarterback like that. Obviously, he was he was really good though. He did what he had to do, uh, got the job done. Um, but for running backs, they were led by their freshman Trey Holly, six carries for 91 yards and a touchdown. Wow. Very impressive for a freshman, I would say. Will we see him get kind of more of that against Bama? I don't think so. He's a freshman. Yeah, I think, I, I, yeah, yeah. I think I think Logan Dix is going to dominate that backfield. But a- yeah, absolutely. I mean, you might see him featured in like two back sets. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you never know. LSU could look to switch it up. Uh, three running backs got touchdowns this game. Uh, Holly got one. Uh, Noah Kane, and then obviously Logan Diggs, the guy you just mentioned. Got one. I think that'll be kind of their main leader at the running back position. Um, but looking at their receivers, all oh, the one-two punch. Brian Thomas Jr. three catches, 122 yards, and two touchdowns. Guess, guess. I want you to guess here his uh, yards per catch average. Well, it's on the it's on the notes. It's forty. Oh, is he looking it's, it's at 40, oh, it's forty something, isn't it? Yeah, forty point seven. Uh, I'm telling you, it's he, crazy. When we when we talk about LSU, obviously the first wide receiver that comes to mind is someone you're going to say Malik Neighbors. Absolutely, yes. but I think he's probably the best second fiddle in in the nation. Really, he he puts up numbers from that wide receiver there's, two spot. There's a lot. I mean, other, of other than fiddle. I mean, obviously other than Ekbuka. Ekbuka's on there. There's also Coleman at Florida State. That's very I true. Mean, you got Polk at Washington. There's I mean, a bunch of guys that you can Technically, go you of. could make an argument that Keon Coleman is pretty much their wide receiver one at this point. It is true. Yeah, it kind of depends on who you ask, but still, he's still a great the one-two punch. Very great for sure. Yeah. That's something you can't really debate. And then Malik Neighbors' this game had an extra catch and had 121 yards and two touchdowns, averaging basically 30 yards a catch. So very identical stat lines for him, basically, which is very huge because I think they both need to get involved in a big way against this Alabama defense if they want to go up and go up early. I think it's going to have to be through those two guys. Um, looking at their defense, their senior linebacker, Omar Spates, led the team with nine total tackles. And their sophomore linebacker, Harold Perkins Jr., had seven total tackles and a half tackle for loss. 
Um, I w- in my mind, LSU needs to get these guys in this linebacking core kind of leading that defense, kind of making sure everybody's in their right positions to have a good chance to win against this Bama team. It's in Alabama. Bama is really great at home. They rarely ever lose at home. So they're going to need – LSU's going to need to play their best on both sides of the football. Um, LSU against Army was 6 for 10 on third down, so 60%. I think that's a really good third down percentage. Um, they had 23 total first downs. Uh, they only went for it on fourth down one time, and they got it. Um, but 570 total yards of offense, 368 through the air, and over 200 on the ground. That I mean, they're they can either pass the ball on you or run the ball down your throat. It's very dangerous if you're playing this high octane LSU offense. Um, but overall, as a team, they had three penalties for 10 yards. Just, uh, just like kind of how Bam was that one penalty for five, I, I would say two uh, very disciplined teams. They don't want to try and get that uh, dirty laundry out, and they did. Uh, the both teams did a good job at that. Um, LSU only had, I mean, they still had 28 minutes, 11 seconds of total possession. I mean, it's against Army. You're getting the job done. You're scoring a lot. Um, but my game takes. Ooh, this is going to be a fun one. Bryant-Denny Stadium is going to be very packed and very loud with definitely over 100,000 fans in attendance. Um, Looking in at LSU's explosive offense, they need to be on fire and they need to stay that way early if they want to have a chance to take down Bama and I would say definitely end their playoff hopes for for sure if they already aren't a little bit diminished already. But... um, I'm thinking here, I'm going to kind of ask everybody around, do we think this could be a shocker defensive battle where both defenses play better than expected, or is it going to switch to more of an offensive shootout where both offenses are playing really good? I'm going to be honest. I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, blowout but I, I think LSU is it, going to be an offensive shootout. But there's going to be a lot more points scored on one side than the other. And I just think that I, I look at LSU, and I, I love Kool-Aid McKinstry. Not just the name, but as a player. Um, d- these weapons and explosiveness as LSU have, it just astounds me. And it's it's going to be a fun game to watch. I mean, definitely. But, uh, Connor, what do you think? Are we thinking shootout or a defensive showdown? Uh, when I think of LSU-Bama and I think of shootout, I look back to Burrow versus Tua. And that, that was a great game. That was an absolutely amazing game. But do I think it'll be on that level? No. I don't think anything is going to come close to that. I don't think you can put up – you can honestly put Michigan-Ohio State up there. It, uh, that's probably going to be a defensive battle this year. But you put up two of the top four teams and it's like a playoff game, I don't think that comes near that game. But I think, I think it's going to be an offensive game. But I think there will be a sneaky amount of defense because these are two really good defenses. And people overlook it because you think SEC, you think shootout games. You think it's high-octane offense, and that's really it. But I think I think the defenses are going to play a major role in this game. I think it's going to be like mid-30s each team. But honestly, before I hand it over to Andrew for his little prediction about it, I think this team... Whoever wins this game, I, I think this should kind of go without saying, whoever wins this game plays Georgia in the SEC championship. 
I mean, definitely. I think what? Yeah, both teams each having uh, one loss. I think the LSU, other, LSU has two. Oh, they have two losses. Yeah, I think. Okay, uh, no, it's one conference one, loss. One conference yeah, loss. that's what I meant. One conference. Yeah, the loss. Ole Miss game. Yeah. So I think obviously whichever team loses, you're gonna have two conference losses, and most likely in that division, that leader is gonna come out with only one loss. So I think the loser gets knocked out of a potential SEC championship game. Andrew, I mean, I I want to take a guess. But I, I hope you don't say defense, but I'm very curious to see what you'll say. <laughs> I think, well, I mean, Connor kind of really took my point. I see mid-30s. The line right now is set at 61.5. I feel like an under is uh, going to happen. Um, yeah. I mean, LSU has a great offense. Bama, they're not, like, explosive, one-play touchdown, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle type deal. Uh, I don't know. I don't really see, like, a big, big shootout. I think... If Bama's Bama's offense is really the key, how do they perform against the LSU defense? That's that's my opinion. So yeah, the defenses are important, but it's all about the matchup of weaknesses. I think one thing, and I know I've been saying this for every game that I cover so far, it comes down to running back play. Because I think the pass game for both teams, obviously Milrow's not the best passer in the world, but... With my like prediction, I think the run game is what does it for both teams. Because, I mean, they've both got star-studded running backs. They're both really good. But if Milrow can get on the ground, it's a completely different game. Oh, absolutely. If Milrow gets some some yards on the ground, that could obviously keep some Bama drives alive and obviously put more points on the board because of that for Bama. But... Wow, it's very difficult to kind of pick which team because you can. You, there's cases for both sides that make sense. It's Alabama and Bama, and then LSU's major offense. So, oh, man, for me, I like I said, I think the winner would most likely represent the SEC West in the championship game. And then back to what you said earlier about Jaden Daniels Heisman game. I I put that down because if he gets a win, especially if it's convincing, you got to put him at one. I mean, what else yeah. is going to stop you at that rate? At that point, like, I think you said, I think you mentioned that this is one of their last conference games. Yes. I, I don't see why he wouldn't win the Heisman after that. Because if you lead your team into Tuscaloosa and beat Bama, and even especially if it's convincing, it's wraps. He's won. Oh, definitely, for sure. I, I agree with that. Oh, man, I'm, I was kind of in agreement with you guys on the points, I think. <sighs> I'm going to go with LSU. I, I love this offense. I love the overpowerment of just what Jaden Daniels can do on the ground and through the air. Malik Neighbors, Brian Thomas Jr. I'm going the Tigers 35-28. to 28. In a quote, it'd be a, technically an upset, but still. It, it's going to be a great game. Definitely the game of the week. I'm excited. I think everybody at this table is definitely excited, and we will be tuning in, checking in, a lot to see how that goes down. God, my score was so much worse. <laughs> oh God! I've got, yeah, it's uh, honestly, it's LSU Bama. The players don't matter. It's a toss up. It's a coaching battle. So I definitely, think, I think, obviously, there's a high level of talent on both of these teams. Um, I could see Bama winning this. I could see LSU winning this. But personally, I'm going to take LSU by a slight margin because I just think that. Daniel's run game I think having Diggs and having like you said the freshman running back that was having Daniels being able to go through read options and stuff like that and roll out of the pocket and throw you can't buy that you can't buy that kind of talent absolutely not I'm about to say what are your guys predictions right now I've got LSU by double digits Ooh. wow 
kind of. I think yeah, you're like the first one thinking LSU double digits. Angie, what are you thinking? Are you on that train? Or you want? He's, going def- he's definitely Bama. I'm, I'm, Bama, I'm Bama all the way. Oh, we all do not bet against Bama. That's the issue. You do not bet against Bama. You do not bet against Alabama in Tuscaloosa. It's going to be a close one though. Neither team's getting blown out. It's just going to be a close Bama win. I remember. Oh. I, I remember you saying that Nick Saban's like a witch. You realize they're coming from the Bayou where voodoo's a thing. So it's it's the ba- it's, it's the ba- it's the battle of the dark magic. Battle of the dark magic. That's a name I've not heard this rivalry called. So hey, our own little spit on it. Yeah, definitely. It's the voodoo. It's the voodoo off. The voodoo off. Now we are transitioning now to the college football playoff rankings. Oh boy! And for those who don't know, now the AP poll it's kind of being switched out. Uh, it was, I believe first year was 2014. They established the college football playoff and the top four teams uh, obviously going in and battling each other out. And then that the winner of those games go to the national championship. Um, there is a committee with a bunch of athletic directors from different schools around the country who come together. And every Tuesday night, they release uh, their rankings that are, are very, or I would say, a little bit different for sure than the AP uh, top 25. <laughs> They're the same teams, but like drastically different. Like, exactly. Yeah, they they <laughs> yeah. look at different things. Resume is very huge, and how the CFP does it. It was a it was a debate that a lot of people were discussing before Tuesday night's rankings got revealed. And I'm going to tell them you here right now. We're going to go 25 to one still as we always have. Air Force coming in at 25. A very oh. a very interesting surprise that Air Force is at 25. We have the Tulane Green Wave at 24. Kansas State at 23, Oklahoma State at 22, Kansas at 21, USC at Blasphemy. 20, Blasphemy. we will get into that Blasphemy. for sure, UCLA at 19, Utah drops down to 18 after that loss to Oregon, Tennessee's at 17, Oregon State's at 16, Notre Dame is at 15, LSU uh, 14, uh, Louisville at 13, Missouri at 12, Penn State down to 11. Uh, Connor, I know you're not a fan of that. That Michigan game is no, so no, important. No, it's very important. I've got I've got an opinion on that. You'll just wait. We'll wait for that. Ole Miss, and then now top ten. Ole Miss at number ten. Oklahoma at number nine. Alabama at eight. Texas at seven. Oregon at six. U- Washington at five. Florida State at four. That team up north, Michigan at three. A lot of very, that's probably the most impactful ranking that we've had out of the twenty-five that I've or twenty-two, twenty-three that I've mentioned. Georgia then at number two, and at number one, the Buckeyes of Ohio State. Uh, number one, I'd say for good reason. Well, who wants to start? I know we have a lot of. Are we talking about the same thoughts. team? Uh, who? USC. K- K.O. Williams. Oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think they should be twenty-five. I don't think they should be on there at all. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, I mean. If you're gonna rank them, it's 25. If that, there is yeah. nothing like how. I, I I mean, this is gonna be a little mini rant. I've got a lot of teams that I need to go over on this te- on this list, but how they almost lost. They how do you let up 49 points to Cal and this, are still this is ranked? What we're talking about? They they lost. They lost to uh, or they, the, the only reason they lost is because they botched a two point conversion. They would have lost. Yeah, it should not take half a century to beat. Cal, how do you? I mean, like, how do you go down by that much in the first half? It was twenty eight seventeen and a half, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. How? How? All right. One, Caleb Williams. If he's if he's in anyone's Heisman rankings, you're high. <laughs> <laughs> he is out of every Heisman ranking. He's not he, even. He's, he's not even selling. on my top five. Like, yeah, like, yeah. No, like, he's why? out of. But oh, it 
it boggles my mind that USC are at 20, let alone even on the list. Yeah. They suck. And they started the year at five, and they've just gone down every single week. And I'm talking yeah, before, so. before the losses to like Utah, before the loss to Notre Dame. They barely beat California, who's been a team that has struggled on offense. And it takes you half a century and Caleb Williams turning back the clock like he wasn't about to get drafted by the Panthers. And, you know, like... You know what I mean? Like it's it's that bad, and it's and it's it. It's, I still can't get past the fact that Kansas are below USC. They just beat they just, they were number six at the time. Oklahoma, right? Yeah. You just beat the number six team in the nation, and you're below a team that almost lost to Cal. I I would have Kansas over USC definitely if if I had a say. I, have, I don't know why Air Force is at twenty five. By the way, they're I mean yeah, they're undefeated. I would have I mean, them in front of Tulane. Yeah, I mean I'd have them in front of K State. I'd have oh. USC off the off the board. over K State. I, I think is very interesting. That, that's interesting. I, that's I a would. very. I think it's a bold take. I would, and you know, I'd have USC completely off that board. I I don't yeah. think they oh, should. Get I, them off. De- I definitely get agree. Them off. I think in the coming weeks, definitely they are going to be. out. What do they play? Oh, who do they play? Do we play Washington? Yes, they, and they play still Washington. have Oregon. Oh, they're screwed. And they still have Oregon. Yeah, that they, I mean, they are done. Unless, unless Michael Penix has a generational choke. Yeah, I th- USC are done. Uh, yeah, they. I think they're definitely done. Yeah. They're definitely not going to the Pac-12 championship. Oh no not. way! They have no shot. There is I, no shot. No. I did say he's going to get drafted by the Panthers. I am wrong. The Bears have their, yeah. their pick. So yeah. um, you can have you can have your next fraudulent quarterback, like an- yeah. another one. He's a bust. Uh, we all three he's on this side of the table. Me, Connor, and Oj have all we said. We all said he's going to be a bust. He's going to yeah. be a bust. Oh man! Oh, he's yeah. TJ Leaf right all over. All right. You mean Ryan Leaf? Ryan Leaf, whatever. TJ Leaf is a basketball player, isn't he? Yeah, I, I think so. Ryan Leaf. By um, way. Oh man! So, I, so, I was say real quick. Something I want to mention real quick. Oklahoma is still in the top ten. Yeah, they should be. <sighs> that After Texas, all, I don't know about that. That Texas win was. I think. Nice. I think. They should, uh, yeah, I was about to say just now that Gabe yeah. mentioned that. I think that Texas win is the only reason they're in the top I ten think, still. I was gonna get into it. I've got a lot of teams to go over that I think has shouldn't be ranked. I think Missouri should be over Penn State. Really? I do. Wow. Because they. I mean, I think Penn State at 12 is definitely fair. I think leaving them at 12 or 11 is definitely fair. That The last game they just played against Indiana. Yeah. Shaky. Uh, that was a very shaky game. So yeah. I, I was showing you that game score. I'm like, Connor, what's going on? Yeah, it's it was not like, good. We scraped away with a win against Indiana. Like, that's not good. I mean, Ohio State played Indiana week one. We beat them by 20, and everybody was, like, giving us every concern in the world after that week. Yeah. Kyle McCoy looked Awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. We we were having he, that's before he kind of developed over the year. Um, I think though Ohio State at one de- deservedly chill. What yeah. it, what it shows me is that the uh, committee really cares about resume as they oh, as, yeah. as they should. It's what it's definitely. I think besides head to head, that's the other thing you look at is resume and how the quality of win. I think definitely is going to be taken over effect. I'm about to say, Andrew, you got any thoughts on how they do it? I mean, similarly, you got Michigan at three, and you're obviously saying that yes, beating the trash out of a team is important, but it also may- matters who you're beating the trash out of. Beating, you know, Kent State is not the same as beating Tulane. I mean, definitely, yeah, yeah. That team playing uh, Bowling Green. That's that was the MAC team they played, and what that was when McCarthy what Ma- was it? McCarthy, two three picks. McCarthy said, "Watch me throw Dude, a hat terrible. trick," and and did it to the other team. <laughs> <laughs> you Watch me throw a hat to the other team. Yeah. Sp- uh, speaking of that team at number three, there has been a lot yeah. of stuff. Put Florida State over them. 
Yeah, I, I mean, as Florida State's had a couple of close games, but honestly, that's not very that's not far fetched to put them oh, there. Oh no! And that that team is going to be under a very lot of watch. Um, I suggest everybody do their own due diligence of research on the sign uh, sign stealing scandals with that Michigan program. It's not it, there's something coming out every day. Um, I just saw something yesterday that uh, the Big Twelve or not Big Twelve Big Ten teams uh, met in con in like a conference call and were demanding the Big Ten to do something. They now. did, and the thing is, they're gonna do something. It's obvious they have to do something. They have well, to, yeah. but I, they're waiting till the off season like they always do. I for know, no, yeah. Yeah. for no well, good the, reason. The, the thing is, they need to do something now because they play their two most important games soon. They play against Penn State and they play against Ohio State. That matters. That matters if they if they beat those two teams. Are they? Are they doing it legitimately? You have uh, to think. I mean, it makes me feel better about Astros. the past. I mean, yeah, definitely. The past two years that the game has been played and that team up north dominated Ohio State. And yeah. it, it, something that never it really made, happened. It makes you think. Since it, it, I was look, really, or real quick, let me finish this. Uh, since I was born, almost, I was used to every game. Almost, I mean, I wasn't really expecting a win every year. But still, you expect to come out there and at least most likely get the job done. But then when those two years happen, we're like, what is going on? And now that this has come out, and I think the sanctions on this is going to be, it has to be historical. It's the big, it's going to be the biggest thing since Louisville. But there's two there's two things I, I'd like to mention. And one, that's for basketball. Yeah, as that's well. for that's basketball. Just to put perspective and on it's that. like it's like number one, they're doing it obvious. Like it's it's not even it's they're trying to hide it, but it's like they're trying to hide like a burning building, and they're trying to cover it with like a blanket, and then. Yeah. Um, who they're doing it against? Michigan State, really? That that's bad. Michigan, yeah. That's like that's like stalking a blind person from behind oh, to figure wow. out how you're gonna beat them up. Like, yeah, was, <laughs> yeah. There was also something that came out this week that was it that Connor Stallions guy was on the Central Michigan sideline, yeah. so he had a credential to be on the sideline. Yes, he, he had a Central that's Michigan bad. hat. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, there's something I noticed Broad. on that broadcast um, when the, the uh, someone a player was going out of bounds. Players were going out of bounds towards that side. His head's tilted. His head is tilted down, and you can't see his face, but you can see the hat. And also, he had like recording glasses or something. I also saw, so uh, it's not looking good for that program. I don't know. I don't. I would be shocked if they punish this team this season. I think they should, but I'm just knowing how the NCAA handles that. I don't think it'll be this year, but it's going to be massive for that recruiting class and the ones coming forward. Yeah. Um. I think if any if any of our listeners are pay attention to world soccer, there was a recent thing that happened to Juventus. Uh, they were caught, uh, and I think it's going to happen to Manchester City. They should. Uh, they broke financial fair play. Uh, it's FFP rules. Really? And they got docked 15 points in their league, and they went from first to eighth. Yeah, for, for those who don't know how the world soccer is. It was 10. Oh, it is first. It was 10. It was yeah. first to 10. Yeah, something just to kind of put to our listeners here, real quick. How what what they're in the what? That's the Premier League, right? No, Juventus that's Serie A. Serie A. Okay, so how most of those leagues work is sometimes you can even get relegated. I believe. Yeah, there's uh, smaller, there's lower divisions, and I think what they're going to do with uh, Manchester City, um, that's what we're waiting on too. So I mean, soccer fans and football fans can come together with City and Michigan, uh, two giants getting. <laughs> All the way down, but oh, like, man. I mean, Juventus was charged with fifteen, I believe it was fourteen or fifteen. City's got a hundred something. So I mean, 
Wow. Just looking at Michigan, I see something similar with that. Like, do we think that a lot of the big teams nowadays will start to get called out for a lot of their wrongdoings? And there's a lot could of this be could this be like a thing that's happening? There's Not a lot of Michigan. wrongdoings. You can't call it all out. Number one thing is paying players. Number two thing is also buying benefits for players. There's so much going on that you can't punish it all. But when you do something this blatantly obvious, it needs to be addressed. Like the Tennessee McDonald's bags. <laughs> that, that was an era. Man, that was. Um, one more thing to kind of close this out. Um, this has not really been something new. TCU actually did know about the science stealing. And what they did, I saw this, I believe it was a week or two ago. What they did was they had dummy signals. So then what they did is they originally called the play, had like a dummy signal for an audible to kind of show a sign switching. So like like that team would think, okay, different play, but kept the same play. Look at how they did. That's just something I'm going to put out there. Kind of the listeners here can kind of decide how they think about that. But overall, looking at this uh, college football playoff top 25, kind of mostly expected, but still a couple things you kind of switch up a ranker to up or down to i'm very excited though it's college football rankings are here and they're here to stay for the rest of the season i'm very excited to see how the committee kind of if there is some upsets how they kind of address them and head to heads i'm very in quality of wins i'm very curious to see how that's going to go now we will next transition into our heisman top fours we all have a list of our top four potentials for the heisman who wants to go first? Who wants to start it off? Who's confident in their list? Andrew, you want to start off? Let's Ooh. do it. We'll yeah, go. I mean, okay, so we'll go clockwise. I, I figure one. that there's going to be a lot of overlaps. Uh, at the one spot, Jaden Daniels. Oh, you're going one. Going, okay. No, no, we oh. start from bottom. Oh, we start, right. we start well, from bottom. Well, yeah. now we know his one, but for everybody else, we're going to go uh, four, three, two, one. So All we'll right. Do that. So, honorable mention at the five, uh, J.J. McCarthy slash Marvin Harrison Jr., I think the winner of the game will definitely finish top five in the Heisman. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Travis at four. Uh, three, Michael Penix Jr. Two, Bo Nix. And number one, Jaden Daniels. I, not I, controversial at all. No, I would say not really controversial at all. Kind of, that's most likely what most of these lists will be. Yeah. Connor, um, go for it. I have, I have a very similar list to Andrew. Um, I've got that five spot. I've got it between Marvin Harrison and Jonathan Brooks, who is definitely going to be going up in the rankings because of Texas losing Quinn Ewers. And he's going to have to take take on a massive part of the offense. But I do have the exact same top four as Andrew. I have Jordan Travis at four, Penix at three, Knicks at two, and far away favorite from East Jane Daniels. I mean, yeah, that's most likely what most of them will be. But still, what, Gabe, what do we got? I got some serious names at five. I, I mean, I have to go with Jordan Travis from Florida State. At number four, I have Ollie Gordon from Oklahoma Ooh, State. I, I like that. The I way like that, that he is pushing himself. For, just to mention, he did not start those first three games which is hurting his yards per average as well as his total yards, his total stats. Definitely. He is, when, he ha- when he is the primary starting running back, he is yet to rush for under 120 yards. That's insane. He already That's ha- he is the first running back to equip 1,000 yards. He has back-to-back 250-plus yard games and as well as 10 touchdowns, which is double digits. It's ridiculous. But at number three, I have Bodacious. He has one of the best touchdowns and interception ratios I've ever seen. And his only loss is because of missed field goal. 
but people also forget Bucky Irving's a star. Oh, definitely. And that get, oh, that yeah. trends away from Knicks. Yeah, I think he's a little bit underrated in his own mind. I have number two, Michael Penix, and if it wasn't for him playing in Arizona, he'd probably be a, a closer to my number one. But those two Arizona games, Arizona versus and Arizona State, were ugly. Oh, yeah. I mean, that definitely hurt his Heisman stock for sure, I I would think. He's leading the league in yards. And that number one, I have to agree with the Andrew and uh, Connor, Jaden Daniels. He has less passing opportunities than Knicks, but he's explosive, and that rushing game is something you have to look at. Absolutely. Uh, My honorable mention at number five has to be Marvin Harrison, kind of what he does for that Ohio State offense. If he was not there, Ohio State would not really – I wouldn't think they'd even be undefeated. That's a lot of very interesting discussion there. But I think he's just been electric every game. He's the leader of that Ohio State receiving court for sure. So I think you got to put him there at five. Number four, I got to go Jordan Travis from Florida State. I mean, he's been doing his thing. He's been doing good stuff for most of the year. They had the slip, up, the, the some a little bit of slip ups. Um, but still, that Florida State team is at number four, and he's leading them. So I'm going to have to go with him at four. Number three, I'm going to have to go with Michael Penix Jr. It was just those couple games for me that kind of derailed that stock. I would have had him at two if it wasn't for those games, but I think those games you have to definitely put that into account and in a factor. Number two, I got to go, I'm going to have to go with Bo Nix. I mean, it's one and two. For me, it could be very potentially interchangeable depending on how the rest of the year goes. But Bo Nix has been electric. He's avoided the Bo Picks allegations. He's been really good for that Oregon team who could potentially sneak up to the top five. We don't know. We'll have to wait to see how everything goes. And then number one, Jaden Daniels, I think obvious from for everybody. I think he's been electric on both the ground and passing the ball. And he the, how he's led LSU and how he'll lead this team against Bama will be very interesting to see how his stock will go for sure. So now switching in to NFL and the NFL trade deadline. Cam, I'm gonna bring you in here. Your Chicago Bears were very were, were active in the trade, the trade deadline, and even the rumors for sure. Kind of take us through what Chicago is doing at the trade deadline. Well, thank you, Gabe, for giving. <laughs> no, us. thank you, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> the Bears have acquired Montez Sweat for a second round pick which is technically going to be a first because it's like yeah it's gonna be like a a bottom it's gonna be like in between 32 and 37 so but over than that um i'm happy but i'm not happy because i'll tell you why because i'm happy we have sweat but this is gonna be he i i'm worried that he won't resign and just play with us for eight games and then it's ooh la la. We just had him for one for eight games, and it's it's most yeah. useless. That's what I'm saying. It's the most useless trade. He's not going to resign. He hates. He doesn't want to go from Washington to Chicago. See, I would. I would not. I I'd I'd retire. Why? But, oh my god! Uh, Sacri- yeah. Why sacrifices retire? must be made for the new regime? You retire? Type thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's wow. It's this. He's not going to resign. You guys just trade away your second round pick when you guys are trying to rebuild. You just trade away your second round pick again. And for a guy who's going to play eight games for you, when you're going to be losing majority of the of the games, yeah, uh, I would say giving up a second round pick for a one year rental could be, I think, is very steep regardless. But you guys wanted to make a change on defense and bring a defensive piece. You got that done. Is there a chance he resigns? There's still a chance. There's I would a, say there's, there's all there's always a chance. There, I would say there's definitely a chance. Um, there was. 
first sweat, there was a surprise, not really a surprise suitor, but he wanted to go to, I heard, he wanted to go to Atlanta, and Atlanta had a package with you, uh, the Commanders, but then Chicago jumped in last minute, kind of gave that better offer, and Washington took it. Um Chicago. But still, that's going to be a trade we're going to be talking about definitely for the next, the final rest of the regular season and the whole season as a whole, and then see what he does in the off season. I think that'll be very interesting. But and then what was it? Jalen Johnson didn't get traded. That was big. Oh boy. Oh boy. He, he wanted a trade bad. I know he wanted a trade bad. Yeah. And they they were exploring options for him. It's not like they, they didn't it's, it's accept it. It's not like it. we didn't want to trade him. Uh, what I'm assuming kind of happened is you guys didn't get the value you felt was necessary for a, a rising Bro, quarterback. We thought, that we thought like Jalen Johnson was like Jimmy Butler, like the and the Damian Lillard trade. That it was like <sighs> somewhere around that. I, I mean, that's you're talking very different trade. Kind of trade wise, that's but just I, a GM I, being stupid. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what yeah. that Dame Willard trade because was. Because I was thinking he would, could maybe go to somewhere like maybe Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, cornerback needy teams that want to try and upgrade their secondary. Pittsburgh would have been <coughs> great. Cincinnati, yeah, <coughs> uh, yeah obviously up. Cincinnati too. I think. You I mean you guys didn't really do much, if anything? No, we didn't do anything. Can I just bring up something? Uh, Gabe, uh, Chase Young. That was a great trade. That is a great trade. Yeah. yeah. And I, I hate the comments. If you go on Instagram and you see the comments, oh, blah, blah, why would you do that? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with these casuals who don't think. Chase Young, a guy who does not know, who, sorry, does not want to play contain at any point. Um, he He's super injury prone. People are like, oh, yeah, he tore his ACL. He didn't play the first game because of injury. I mean, he's very injury This prone. is a guy who wants big time money. That we don't feel like he deserved. We didn't even pick up his fifth year. Why would we give him at a minimum twenty five million a year? I mean, well, what? What? What are we supposed to do? Play him the rest of the like what seven eight games, and then he just goes off for free? No, we're gonna get a pick out of it. I think it was a smart trade. And we're rebuilding. Ron doesn't think we should rebuild, but he has a winning percentage of forty percent with the team. So I think he's wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he might not even be there come next he's season. He's not. I I wouldn't had, be shocked. He's getting food. He had magic. he had no power in these trades. Absolutely zero. And this is what we're talking about. Josh Harris, he's taking charge of his franchises. Connor loves it. James Harden is gone in Philly. <laughs> he just yeah. traded. He just traded his the two edge rushers because yeah. he knows it's Go. time to rebuild. Go eat some honey buns in LA. <laughs> Did you hear what he said recently? He yeah, says, he, "I he, am the he system." He is the system. Yeah, I wonder what that system includes: honey uh, buns and fat suits. But <laughs> Ron we'll Rivera, see you, buddy. Ron Rivera is like that one kid who's like broken the vase, and his mom is like around the corner, and he just doesn't want to face him. Yeah, it, that's the type of guy he is right now because he yeah. knows. He is no longer on a hot seat. He is going to be unemployed. He's like, this is Josh Harris giving him his, what, two months notice? Yeah. Yeah, I would say definitely. I think what shows what Josh Harris is, he's in, he's, I would say, embracing the rebuild, obviously, for the new regime, what they're doing. Getting Chase Young for a third, (laughs) yes, it's to San Francisco, but that San Francisco team, their defense was declining the what past two three games. They needed to make a move, and wow, they got a move. Chase Young is he's still really good. I mean, injuries happen. when healthy. When yeah, healthy, yeah. we'll say. When injuries happen, they happen. 49ers have had injuries. Brock Purdy put, looks like Brock Purdy without Debo and Christian McCaffrey. Oh, I wonder how that happens. But um, it it, it was good. It, it it's thinking 
it's thinking strategically instead of watching all these people who think they know football. Like, we're no experts. I'd say we know football. Yeah. But I hate when people in the comments just don't think. They see eye-popping stats. I guarantee you half those watching fans haven't even watched the game this year. Uh, I want to pray. I want to praise the, the Bears real quick because we fired David Walker. We we fired David Walker. Who? Uh, the running back coach for the Bears. Oh, so, uh, he's, so he's irrelevant. Well, he yes. yeah, the reason yeah. he was fired uh, was for conduct so i think we all know oh, yeah. what that means uh, yeah leave uh, it to that i think you mean misconduct no uh yeah misconduct towards uh um, yeah, we'll leave it to that yeah leave it, we'll to, leave that. it to let's that. just leave it at that yeah he, yeah uh eberflus whatever the, i don't eberflus i don't eberflus. care eberflus <laughs> yeah. that sounds like a disease well because he is a disease we're adding he is a disease yeah i mean we're adding that now to the mispronunciation quotes from you so thank you for having us he's now down another. two assistants because you know alan williams thank the lord is gone and now David Walker is gone. You guys, you guys need to embrace the rebuild. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I feel like to. the Raiders. Be like the Raiders. <laughs> Speaking like... of the oh, Raiders, geez. oh, fire sale. Yeah, the uh, Raiders. Yeah, about that, I. Wow. So it came out. It was at one in the morning yeah. that both Josh McDaniels and the GM, the New England way, didn't work. Offensive coordinator yeah. is gone. I it's mean, a lot. It's a lot like what we were talking about before the James Harden trade, where they break it at like two a.m. and you wake up and you're like, what? Yeah, that it was like yeah. Yeah, I was actually still up and saw it break. Uh, I was also up. <laughs> yeah. Me and my guy John, shout out John, we're watching Sports Center. We watched some highlights, and then we saw. I saw the breaking news through the screen. I'm like, oh, it's probably just I forget what it was. Something else that happened that day or that night. Okay, this yeah, like the same thing or like one of the trades. And then I saw that, and I'm like, oh, okay, very interesting. Should have it was very expected. Yeah, but we didn't think it would come. This Especially, early. yeah. Well, yeah. This early and only both the GM as well. Yeah, th- this guy, th- this Big Daniels guy, is the worst coach I've ever seen. Oh yeah. no! Whoa, whoa, whoa! There, Urban I mean, Myers. <laughs> Urban yeah, Myers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's cooking he, something. Yeah, he's yeah, hot. Yeah, yeah. Okay, hold on. Okay, okay. And, hold on, Andrew. I just saw that. Look, there's no way you're going to try and defend the Urban Meyer in the NFL. Well, what are we going to say when he comes back to coach at Michigan State? Oh my <laughs> god! Oh no! Uh, that'd be funny. He's a good college no, coach. I mean, you can't deny that. Oh, that's definitely. true. Yeah, but st- sticking on the topic of the Raiders, though, um, I think something very important to note is that Aiden O'Connell's their starter for the rest for the foreseeable future. Go Boilermakers! Oh, okay. Jesus. No one wants to hear anything about Purdue. They I, suck. I mean, but Aiden O'Connell being the starter is showing that uh, Jimmy G—they're embracing it. Good God! Yeah, they're embracing it. Jimmy G has played horrible. He's been taken to the ground way too many times. Wait, did did Josh Jacobs resign? Yes, no. he did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Josh for Jacobs a year. Resigned. He did. So year. it's contract year, technically contract year. Okay. Okay. So Uh-oh. I don't think he'll be back there. I don't no. think so either. I think if you're Josh Jacobs, please come to Cincinnati. It, this is my petition. Oh, I hate Joe Mixon. Please, if you're Las Vegas here, you just need to embrace the tank. Kind of see, try to be a little bit competitive. See what you can get out of Aiden O'Connell. I, I guess. I mean, You're still favored to beat the Giants. <laughs> I did see that. That was <laughs> pretty sad. nuts. That's I, uh, sad. What happened to the Giants? They beat Washington. And hey, 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 hey let, let's give them some credit. Tommy DeVito season, though. Yeah. I had more passing yards than Tommy DeVito they, last week. <laughs> they, <laughs> they literally they literally just put a, to- they put a character from the Sopranos out there under center. Yeah, basically, and they said roll with it. Um, yeah. So I've always had a soft spot for the Raiders, and just because just they're, like, they're just an iconic team. They have the history. They have the history, but yeah. I honestly think signing Jimmy Garoppolo was the beginning of the downfall. It was a terrible 
pickup. I believe it was a three-year. It was a three-year, fifty-six million dollar contract. I thought it was sixty-something million. The beginning of the downfall was when they traded Carr. Yeah, being yeah. a doubtful is when yes. they tried to clue in Pharrell first round. No, That's I, very true. That no, no, the true. beginning of the beginning of the end was when they drafted Jamarcus Russell. Oh Jesus! Well, yeah. you're talking what? Oh seven? Yeah. yeah. The begin- am, the oh, downfall Jesus. has been coming for and a while. Leaving, oh, yeah. And leaving Oakland has also had a big impact on that team in general. Uh, definitely. Even I'm about to say. even like well, I mean after well, after Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper left, I mean it was kind of rad. Yeah, I kind of yeah. I I've been talking like my my dad about this i think las vegas will be the sports capital within five years especially how big it's growing yeah. in the sports world uh, definitely and considering they're bringing in yeah an nba team yeah and soon, at NBA some point team, but yeah. andrew's andrew's um andrew's guys the knights yeah they're kind of carrying <laughs> with, vegas right now yeah. <laughs> with a team of history that is the oakland raiders and i will always call them the oakland raiders when you just leave oakland like that and then you come to vegas and not much success has come your way except Derek Carr nearly making the playoffs, but if it wasn't for Justin Herbert, they could be in the playoffs. No, they did make the playoffs. They did. They knocked Herbert out of the playoffs. Oh, what? What yeah, they knocked. It's when uh, they played the Bengals. Yeah. When what? They, and the fa- the fan yeah. the, that was. The, did you wait? Oh, let me get this straight. Hold on. <laughs> you just said that the reason the Chargers didn't beat the Raiders is because of Justin Herbert. Yeah. Did you watch the game? Yeah. You did, yeah. I, it, what I ha- were you smoking during the game? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but the, the the brisket that the mountain, that the battle layer was. You were smoking oh the brisket. God. You were smoking the brisket. <laughs> hey, Justin Herbert was smoking the brisket the rest of the off season. True, he I has also, that. I those, also, those, those Traeger videos are sick. Uh, though. Speaking of Justin hey, he, Herbert, he got the mega deal. Speaking yes, he of did. Justin Herbert, I want to apologize uh, to everybody. I was wrong. He is a top ten quarterback after Thank smoking you. the Bears. Thank, Thank you. you. I want to apologize. Thank but you. Hey. On the Raiders, it's just. It's a team that is just going downhill, and it doesn't stop. It And it won't stop until you have s- scrapped everything off of your plate. Um, and that's what Mark Davis did, I think. kind of He could tell it was going downwards and fast, so he wanted to do something now. It was a big contract, bottom out. I believe what I, I don't know what they're gonna. He's gonna have to pay him like what forty million something. Oh God! So oh, it's it's, it's four, crazy. He they were paying John Gruden and jo, uh, Josh McDaniels eighty million dollars over the next four years. That's yeah. nuts. that's not even including oh. the new coach they're going to sign. So I have a question for you guys. Now that Aiden O'Connell is starting, how many games will Jimmy G play for the rest of the year? Zero. None. He's not gonna play unless, unless O'Connell gets injured. Unless O'Connell gets injured, you're most okay. Maybe two or three. If that, I put yeah. Brian Hoyer. Well, I'd in. say two. Games. Okay, no, wow. You put Brian Hoyer in over over Jimmy G. You're Absolutely trying to tank. You want to hire him. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, kind of. We'll leave it there for that Raiders situation. But still, that's something that for everybody should monitor as we go through the next couple of weeks. Uh, my team didn't really do much in the trade deadline. Oh, we were sellers, unfortunately. I wanted us to be buyers. I wanted us to try and trade for a, a high caliber backup quarterback. But we were not giving the Commanders a day two pick for Brissett. Not happening. I'm glad we didn't buy. I think our offer was a sixth. I believe is what I, I think saw. it was. I think it might have been a seventh. Even it was not. High. I think I saw a sixth. That six and that's it. And you guys didn't take it, so we moved on. Fair enough. I would have taken it. Uh, I'm shocked you guys didn't take I'm it. I'm shocked too. I'm shocked Kendall Fuller started. Like I get, I get it. But can, trading Kendall Fuller wouldn't have been the end of the world either. There was a lot of trades I wanted to have happen. Jacoby was the big one. Oh yeah, definitely. But now. Uh, the Browns did trade uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. He was getting less and less uh, targets. I think it was kind of a eventful. 
it was eventually leading to this. I kind of, me and my one other friend were talking about it, and I was like, don't be shocked if we trade DPJ to recoup some capital after the Watson trade. Obviously, you want to try and build up draft capital if you can. And we can't. <laughs> no, we really can't. We did a little bit. It was what? It was, yeah, we traded DPJ, and then we got a 2025 sixth. I wish we'd got a little bit more. DPJ is very talented. He's really good. I mean, he in Detroit, he's going to do really good. I wish the man nothing but the best. Yeah, he's but he's going home. Yeah, he is yeah. going home. I mean, hey, he was awesome here in the time for Cleveland. So, hey, nothing but respect. Preseason warrior. Oh, God, preseason warrior. Yeah, <laughs> DTR. Yeah, oh, my Lord. Hey, eh, we'll, we'll get into that. But, hey, nothing but the best for him. I mean, but some other trades that happened. Uh, Leonard Williams going to Seattle. That was very that's, interesting. That's huge. That, that was a very a huge, huge trade. trade. Especially after Seattle just beat Cleveland. Time management was not on our side. And it's very huge for a Seattle team that now leads that division. Yeah. Dude, Seattle's in the running to lead the NFC. Exactly. Yeah. There's um there's also another interesting trade that happened. Was it We've got no, Josh Dobbs of the Vikings. Oh, that was for nothing. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, for, that was for pennies. They had but to still, do it. I am going to say this regarding that trade. I think for it was a win for Minnesota for sure. That oh, Kirk yeah. Cousins unexpected Big time win. Gannon in the press conference, what was it? Yeah, it was Monday. So he basically took Dobbs out, and everybody knew, okay, he's getting traded somewhere. That's when everybody kind of figured, okay, where is it to? Everybody said Minnesota. It ended up being Minnesota. It was so Arizona sent Dobbs in a seventh to Minnesota. I'm shocked they even got a pick as well in yeah. return, but uh, they traded that for a six. That's crazy. Exactly. I mean, that's that's a low risk, high reward yeah, for Minnesota to try and keep their season alive. And the rosters, Dobbs leading them to the playoffs that, would be oh. that's, that that that's that Matt Cassell type stuff going okay. on right there. Okay, that'd be the, funny. The thing that we need to watch out for, just imagine the Josh Dobbs to Justin Jefferson connection. That is like that's like you know you see those slideshows on TikTok of the random NFL players. Yeah. In, in like ten years, it's gonna be remember when Josh Dobbs led Justin Jefferson and <laughs> oh my all, and yeah. the and the happy boys Jordan Addison yeah, yeah. Jordan oh Addison and yep. KJ Osborne to the playoffs. Uh, oh if Case God. Keenum can do it, I I feel like Josh Dobbs could do it. Yeah. Very fair. I mean, Minnesota has a very underrated defense. I would think so. I mean, very interesting to watch this no, Minnesota defense team. is bad. <sighs> Daniel Hunter, their passing defense is horrid. You got Daniel Hunter. That's all I'm going to say. I he mean, doesn't play quarterback. <laughs> I know he doesn't. That's very true. But still, very interesting to see. Minnesota has a weak schedule to kind of end out the year. So I'm very curious to see how Minnesota does. Uh, I think. Now switching over to our teams and our news for our teams. A very interesting week for a lot of us. Um, I'll go first. I'll start. Uh, the Cleveland Browns having a tough loss in Seattle, a game that I believe was very winnable. Uh, we just did, we didn't get it done. Time management, defense kind of stalled out in the last drive. I mean, it happened. I didn't expect to win the game, but still we kept it close. Wish we would have won it, but I mean, I'm okay with what happened. It just makes Arizona this week a must-win game where we don't know who's going to start a quarterback for the Cardinals or the Browns. It could be – there is still a slight chance it could be a Watson versus Kyler Murray bat matchup. I don't think that'll happen. I don't I th- either. I but. think it'll be the two backups. Um, I would want to bench Watson again because we are playing Baltimore next week in Baltimore. Uh, very key game, um, but that'll be safe for next week's talk. But still um, – my injury report is kind of as expected. Nothing really too too exciting here as I'm pulling it up now. Um, Garrett was full. He was just a rest for his shoulder. Um, Newsom's groin, another DNP. 
that might scare me. I hopefully hopefully won't have him out. But Cameron Mitchell did good with his replacement, the rookie out of Northwestern. He did good. So if it has to come to that, I'm not totally worried. Um, Zadarius Smith has he's he's limited in Njoku with his ankle, uh, some injuries there. I think both of them should play. So that the obviously two key guys to have. Um, Anthony Walker now full. He will play with a shoulder injury. Deshaun has been limited both Wednesday and today, which as we're recording this on Thursday, he was limited. And he has a little bit of the zip back with his throws. I think I'm hopefully I don't I still don't want to put him in, but I mean if they really ultimately want to put him in for a drive or two, I'd be okay with that. Um Jedrick Wills uh was limited after not practicing Wednesday. Um, Dewan Jones also limited for a shoulder injury. I think that Dewan Jones injury would be very key to kind of monitor. Um, looking at it, uh, Delpit limited with an ankle shoulder and then Cooper limited with an ankle slash rest. I think Cooper will play. Um, but another interesting thing real quick before I transfer it to one of you guys on either team, Cedric Tillman is now going to have an upgraded role with this Browns offense. I'm very curious to see how he plays. Um, I was at the Hall of Fame game when they played the Jets, and Cedric Tillman was a really good route runner, and he was really good at catching the football. So I'm very excited for this third-round pick out of Tennessee to kind of get let's see what let's see what he can do. I'm very very curious and very excited to see him play. About say Cam with your Bears team, you want to take over? Do you guys want to know a history lesson? Sure, go for it. The Bears haven't beat the Saints in the Dome since 91. 1991? Yes. Wow. Uh, I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, we also haven't played the Saints in two years. And the last time we played the Saints, it was a wild card playoff game. We lost 21 9. <laughs> oh, total shocker. Your bike is beauty, man. <laughs> was that the Mitch, Tr- Mitch Trubisky MVP game? Mitch Trubisky, Nickelodeon MVP, yeah. MVP Trubisky. match. Trubisky. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, you're a Trubisky. Wow. You guys traded your whole future for this guy. You can't even pronounce his name right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now he's the Steelers problem. Yep, he is. I don't care anymore. Yeah. So uh, the Bears last game just sucked. There's just there's no way to put it. They, what else is new? Except Washington. Yeah, I was about to say, except Washington. Yeah, except what is Washington. New? You guys, I mean, you stopped the tush push. Congratulations. Uh, we did. Deontay Foreman only had 34 yards with nine carries. He uh, didn't do well. Uh, one week wonder. Yeah. Tyson Badgett had 232 yards. It's actually but- Bajent. <laughs> We've been pronouncing I'm right. calling him the Badge and Badger, so be quiet. Oh my lord! Okay, we can't we can't be disrespecting a West Virginia guy. We can't. All right, yeah. the Shepherd University. The oh Shepherd. yeah, he had oh, two yeah. interceptions, but also two hundred thirty-two yards. So I mean, some production, but you still that's bad. Yeah, still bad. No touchdown equal bad. Yeah. Wow, uh, Connor, thanks for that great observation. <laughs> I know. Tune in for more uh, elite analysis. Um, <laughs> no touchdown equal bad. Touchdown, good. This game against the Saints, I just, I just hope for the best, really, for this team. There's nothing else you can't, I can do, but just hope. Embrace the tank. Embrace the tank. Embrace it. I mean, you're gonna, you guys are gonna have to. You guys want a top pick. Yeah. I, I, and very interestingly, yeah. If you guys, it's if it's one and two with your picks. Maybe trade one of them for maybe a huge star or just more draft capital to help the maybe uh, yeah. fasten that rebuild. Yeah, it's just it's as always a rough year, but hopefully next year. But that yeah, it's always next year. Trust uh, me, especially yeah. with the Cowboys, it's always next year. Uh, yeah, but they're they're very they're yeah. a very interesting team. Um, Connor, your Bengals. I bet you are a very very happy man this week. Oh yeah, it was. Um 
It was a statement. I think we really, really needed that game. Uh, taking on the Niners in San Fran, 31-17 Bengals. Now, it, coming into this game, I was very worried that it was going to stop our progress on this on our season. Because uh, we did not have a, let's just say we had a very lackluster start to the season. I don't really want to talk about it. It was bad. Losing to the Browns week one. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. The division is wide open now. Oh, I completely agree. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Ravens are running away with it currently, but I don't think that's gonna last long. Never. I mean, you never know. Every team in the AFC North is still above five hundred. Yeah. Um, it's it was it was a statement win. I think someone that really showed some stripes out there was Jordan Battle. He was making tackles left and right. Uh, it seemed like he was getting involved in all in a lot of plays on defense, and he, it was him, Hendrickson, and Hubbard, as normal, creating pressure for Brock Purdy, or as I like to call him now, Brock Prescott, because he likes to be throwing, he be throwing picks. The system quarterback, <laughs> Brock Prescott. Well, yeah, I think we all knew he was a system quarterback. I mean, put any quarterback in that system, they'll look good. Yeah. But he's finally showing his old Iowa State self. Uh, pick, 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 fumble, pick. No touchdown. Uh, Yep. Lead, another lead analysis. Pick yeah. fumble, bad. Pick fumble, bad. Touchdown, <laughs> good. good. <laughs> Touchdown, good. Passing yard, yes. <laughs> um, but uh, coming coming at you with some caveman analysis right there. Um, so there was one play that Brock Purdy got off that I was a little upset, and I saw him rolling out to the right, and he threw it cross body to George Kittle for a touchdown, and I was honestly about to have a panic attack <laughs> i was i was because they were driving down the field with like about three minutes left and i was on the verge of tears and i was like please please no don't come back but then joe burrow joe shiesty driving down the field my glorious king joe burrow yes i know what well, wasn't he afc uh uh offensive player of the week yes he was he, I would he say, i'd say well deserved for yes, sure. yes it was definitely well deserved but we play the Bills this week at home, primetime, Sunday night. I will give you a quick update. Carrie Underwood game. Oh, my God. The Carrie Underwood game, the weekly Sunday night anthem. Wait, no, dude. Sunday <laughs> night. Uh, everybody, hey, everybody, one of everybody's top favorites. Um, Josh Allen will play, but he has no injury designation now, so that's something very key to note that he will be playing in Buffalo now having Rasul Douglas. Yeah. Yes, due to he just got here. For those who don't know, um, the Bills put out their injury report Wednesday, and for Rasul Douglas put uh, for DMP, just got here. So yeah. I thought that was very a very funny touch by Buffalo. They, they have a funny social media team. I'll give yeah, it to them. Yeah, they do. And um, it was – I don't think he's going to play this week, but I think a major factor for this Bills team for the rest of the season is the signing of Leonard Fournette. Oh, de- I mean, definitely. That's a huge – I mean, he he he's very he has to get used to the Buffalo cold though. I don't know if everybody yeah. anybody saw his tweet. That, I was thought it was true. pretty funny, um, but still, for looking on the future for that Buffalo team and hopefully try to less rely on Josh Allen because that Buffalo team relies heavily on Josh Allen. I would say it's very telling in the games that they've played and especially against the upset loss against New England. Yeah. They they rely too much on him, so trying to get him some help there, and especially the defensive defensive help, yeah. I think was very huge for them. And something I don't really agree with that much is Buffalo has a sixty eight percent chance to win. 
in that's, Cincinnati. That's, a, that's ridiculous. In Cincinnati. In very, Cincinnati. That's the very key point you prime put. Primetime Josh Allen. He's wow. low-key turning into primetime Kirk. So, yeah. I mean, maybe he'll reverse the narrative this time, but I think the Bengals are in a very good position to go on a massive win streak and take back some of the clout they have in the division. Oh, I mean, definitely. I mean, we don't play you guys till last week of the year, week 18. That's in Cincinnati. Very huge game. It you we don't know what that'll potentially be for that, stakes. That might be a that might be playoff spot. Who gets into the playoffs? Yeah, that, I mean we don't know, but still, I, that the Cincinnati team. I'm not sure who is left on your schedule. Um, you guys, I, very, I know I you got the division of opponents. So you've got the we've Steelers. Got, yeah, we've got a very we've got a very up down schedule. Uh, we end our last two games are at Kansas City and in Cincinnati versus Cleveland. But after this Bills game, we go on a stretch of Texans, Ravens, Steelers, Jags, Colts, Vikings, Steelers. That's a very scary stretch. It's a little bit of a scary stretch, but if we can come out of that, I mean, so say we go, say we split the series with the Steelers. All right. That's hilarious. No, I mean. How's that hilarious? It's AFC North football. All you have to do is is beat TJ Watt. It's AFC North. Oh well, yeah, football. but it's the Bengals' offensive line. Yeah, that we're oh, talking yeah, about. No matter true. how good of players they get, they suck. They get outgained every game, and Pittsburgh still has five, yeah, five talk, to win. Yeah, talk about um, Josh Allen playing down the competition. Our entire offensive line plays down the competition. So, yeah, I mean we're four and three currently. If we beat the Bills, and if the only game that we somehow lose is one of those Steelers games, and I uh, let's just say, let's just say we lose to the Ravens. We would go into Cleveland and say we beat the Chiefs, obviously. We'd go into Cleveland. Beating the Chiefs, though, is a very... Co- it, well, that's in Arrowhead, though, isn't it? Yes. Oh, that's very difficult. Okay, but say, difficult, say but they did, right. they did also they did also lose to the Broncos. That's very fair. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. Very fair. Uh, so, say that happens. We go into Cleveland 11-5. and five. Oh, Wow. But that we might potentially have the same or even maybe a game better record. So yeah. that would be very huge. Yeah, that's for sure. Definitely keep an eye on the Bengals schedule coming up. Definitely keep an eye on the Browns schedule coming up. The AFC North is where it's at. I mean, definitely. I'd say the one of the best, if not the best division in football in the NFL right now, for sure. It's it's going to be very exciting to see who comes out of that. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if there's maybe maybe even three playoff teams. I, yeah, I mean, de- you never I know. definitely see that, yeah. You never know, but... Gabe, your commanders, you guys were sellers at the trade deadline, but now, I mean, how do you think your team's going to do now that there's a new the new the new regime has finally kind of put their foot down and kind of did some trades? The new regime is a long term situation. The short term situation, the biggest key to the short term situation is Ron Rivera. It's keeping his head coaching job for the rest of the year because if he coaches like he's been doing, oh, that top 10 pick is going to look nice. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'd like to point out that injuries are killing us. Um, we have as many backup tight ends as we do total backup uh, offensive linemen and linebackers combined. That's wild. <laughs> Ouch. That's um, crazy. We have three backup offensive linemen available and we have zero backup to, uh, linebackers available oh no so that's very cody, scary cody one of the worst linebacking crew and cody Bolton and jamin davis who jamin davis is good cody Bolton has been not so good this year um david mayer is now our starting linebacker so that's great um we've lost Derek forest he's on ir we have 10 people on ir this is ridiculous oh man um 
we have Chris Paul Paul starting at left guard. Chris I, Paul. I kid you not. Chris Paul. We have Chris Paul starting at left guard. So um, make him your quarterback. It's our quarterback is wow. great. Okay, uh, how's doing? Good? My quarterback. My quarterback. Bang. Let me tell you something about my quarterback. My quarterback just threw for more yards than your quarterback will ever dream of, okay? Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. You think your running back, wow. your, your Air Force quarterback over there in Justin Fields is going to throw back to Cam Howe. Wow. wow. I want you to look me dead in the eyes wow. and say that. Kirk Herbstreet, the idiot that he's been lately, even said he Justin Fields... We all take, know Herb's an idiot. We, yeah, even nice said on live television that... Justin Fields should take notes of Tyson Pat of Paget because he's been playing better than him. I uh, yeah, no. Yeah. So, so next was, time you want to talk dumb, about quarterback, how, d- how dumb do you have to be that, be that Justin Street. Fields? Yeah, you do have to be Kirk Herbstreit or Desmond Howard. As, as they're yeah. also down yeah, thirty to seven true. against the Chargers, I might add. They were down thirty to seven, and he's like, "Yeah, I think the Bears should go back in the room and just look at this game and show Justin Fields like look how look how Pageant is playing. It's like your team is down thirty to seven. He has two interceptions stick, and no touchdown. Just, just stick to college football, even though you're also uh, bad at it. Also Jesus. bad at college football. That's what I'm saying. But yeah. So hey, it was me last week and you ne- this week with the uh, rant of the week. I guess we can call it. <sighs> yeah. I, guess. I haven't had a rant of the week in minutes. Yeah, my, my, very surprising. Yeah, my rant of the week was USC this week. The, very fair. They, that's it. I mean, anything else in the commanders we got? I mean, career game for Jahan Dawson, Sam Howell. We are. I mean, Nick Gates has officially been benched. That's great. Um, you know, it, it's it's kind of you have to see. Casey Tuhill will be starting in place of... Uh, Chase Young, James Smith-Williams will be starting in place of Montez Sweat. Those are two very fast edge rushers, so it's not the end of the world. And this is kind of, you get to see, they picked up K.J. Henry from Clemson and Andre Jones. Um, I forget what college he's from, but he's the seventh-round pick. They they are going to get some playing time, Jack Delio said, so I'm excited to see that. This is experimental. You want to see who what guys can prove what they've got when you've got no playoff chances. I mean, absolutely. This is the time to kind of see like what your draft picks can do. Uh, obviously, trading both uh, Chase Young and Montez Sweat opens those opportunities for him. I mean, I'll keep an eye out for sure. I'm uh, kind of I'm I'm excited to I'm kind of see. I'm looking at the death chart. And I'd always like to mention our second round pick that we drafted as a safety is not even on the rotation for safeties. He is our third. He is our six-string cornerback. Oh so I don't know God. what the heck Jack Del Rio is doing. I uh, <laughs> who knows, Jack Del Rio. Uh, I have no idea. I mean, I couldn't tell you, but I'm very curious to see how that Washington commander defense plays as the weeks come on. Now, last segment, the fantasy segment, and wow, we have a couple of trades here, gentlemen. That trade deadline for fantasy is getting there. I think we can say that every trade has included Dom. Yes, shout out Dom. Dom who, is a seller. Yeah, he, he's been selling. I don't know why. I mean, he's just been doing his own thing. Um, let me give me a second here. I'm going to pull up the transaction report. If the Wi-Fi could work, actually, here I'll tell you the fir- or one of them at least that I know for certain. Um, he traded for DeAndre Swift for like four people. He gave up Cam Akers, Jalen Warren. Um, I got to see who else. He oh, gave he gave up. up Josh Jacobs. Yeah, Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Which, eh, all yeah. right. Who was the last guy he gave up? 
I want to say I'm going to check his roster right now because the, the the trades have not gone through. It, yet. Was, oh. it was a wide receiver. Oh, Ian Ian has dropped Najee Harris and Miles Sanders as well as Kendrick Bourne, of course. Well, so. obviously Kendrick well, Bourne. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's, he's making moves. Maybe no. I'm Ian's not, realizing. Oh that. no, the trade did go through. I lied. Ian I'm not is sure. realizing that the the Waffle House is coming his way, and he does not yeah. want that now. Yeah. It, was, it was. Oh wait, no, it was it? No, he's had him. You, I'm not sure. You did Dom thirty, LJ. That's a that's oh. a terrible trade. Uh, so we were discussing this last trade. night. Um, You're me, taking advantage of them. <laughs> me and Dom were in trade discussions last night. Uh, those who don't know, we are roommates. So late at late hours of the night, we were doing trade discussions, and I don't know how I pulled this off. I got it to work. Um, I gave up Deontay Johnson and Gabe Davis, who is very hit or miss, but when he hits, I mean, he does really good. For Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. Oh my God! <laughs> no, that no, is can't, that no. is can't be serious. Yes, that I is, am serious. It's one name, Deontay Holy, Johnson. He's a Steelers yeah, right, fan. We got. We have to rename you Howie. You're you not, have you're to. Literally yeah, Howie, Howie Roseman. Hey, yeah, and Debo Samuel is coming back soon, and Ayuk's been playing. He's been playing good. He's been really good. One of, a really good fantasy receiver. So my receivers are getting boistered because uh, with Chris Olave, I'm not a huge fan of him right now. He might go to the bench, and maybe even Cooper. I'm not sure yet. He might be up in the trading block. Whoever wants him, here's your sign. I think. Oh, but um, for my game last week, um, Mister, I'm finishing first in the league. Yeah. Hold this L. You got beat yeah. by my squad. Yeah. Let me um, tell you something. If I had my first? if I had my Lauren Savior, David Montgomery, you'd who's be, first you would now, not boy? No, no, no. Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs absolutely took a dump on yeah, Las Vegas. You might, you and might, Andrew. Yeah, Andrew, come you here. Might. We're going to bring you back in. Come here on this one. You might want to think how, about how do you, shipping David Montgomery away. Yeah. Andrew, how Andrew, do you how do you feel about uh, Mr. Devontae Adams yeah. and Jacoby Myers selling? Up eight points when I just have Jameer Gibbs left and you have the Raiders receiving, Coy. We're five and three on to the next week. Uh, we lost. Good. On to the next week. Oh, let's go one and oh this week. Yep, he's Mr. Bill nothing Belichick. Ever, nothing ever happened it's last not week. Just, just, you, you sold so hard. In, in honor of me beating you, I will pronounce your new kicker's name that you just picked up. <laughs> and his name is John Christian. Cabarani Nanoi Mamoka Ikamoka Moka my buzz. No, no, that's not real. In hindsight, see that. Just, to let no you guys, that's just, real. just to let you guys know, that is Kaimi Fairbairn <laughs> of the Texans. That's his full name. That's it's that. like that's Tua. His first that's his, name. Yeah. It's like Tua, yeah. Care Fairbairn, John yeah, or however you say it. That, right. that is his full name. Also, all right, should I should I go in a hold on before you go in ears real quick? I just looked on fantasy and I'm laughing so hard right now. Um, John switched his fantasy profile picture now to Connor Stallions in a Central Michigan hat. You know the on the Fox Sports broadcast they, that is now his profile picture. <laughs> oh, he yeah, did. Yes, he just switched it. So <laughs> that's wild. That's very funny to note. Uh, Andrew, go With for it. With all that being said, I have a chance to lose in back-to-back weeks to two of the bottom tiers. I can lose to Gabe and Ian in back-to-back oh, weeks. Oh, please. Just sell the team at that point. <laughs> sell the <laughs> team. <laughs> He's on fraud alert. I'll, I'll tell. I'll tell you what I tell the Flyers. Sell the team. Oh my Who god! Who is this running back that John has picked yeah, up? Comcast ain't letting you go, brother. Just letting you know that. Yeah, we're, we're oh, Comcast yeah. is jail. He yeah. oh, I forget his name. Yeah, I don't even know what his name is. Something. You, know, you know what Amari else is, something. Oh, Amari DeMarcado? Yes. The heck is that? <laughs> no, <laughs> I took him. Uh, yeah, it's Arizona's. I believe it's their yeah, good luck. current starter. Good luck, buddy. I started him one week and he he dropped three. Yeah. All right, I'll I'll take I'll take yeah, I'll take the it. reins from here. Go um, for it. So I'm on a very good streak of picking up a random running back and them going for 25 plus. Uh, Gus Edwards is the next guy. Uh, Deontay Foreman last week dropped 33. 
Gus Edwards dropping a monstrous three tutties, 29.4 points. I don't know how I keep doing it. The waiver warriors yeah, you are, the are wa- fighting. Yeah, you are the team waiver warrior. Yeah, literally. Uh, so this week we have a new guy, two new guys on the squad. Uh, we're taking in Leonard Fournette and JSN. So there's a lot of upside on this team, but once I get Kyron Williams, James Conner, and Justin Jefferson all back from IR, we're making a push <laughs> for the playoffs. That's yeah. a crazy yeah, sentence. You, right yeah, there. you might yeah. be the guy in first place come well because end of season. I've got AJ Brown dropping thirty a week. Now, now bring the Rams top five, oh. top five in yards running back back, and then bring the best wide receiver in the league back. It's rats. I, I swear it's to not God, Cousins giving him the ball though. That's something very huge, gentlemen. The only yeah, but reason. you got to think if if Jefferson's back, best wide receiver in the league. Josh yeah. Dobbs throwing the ball. He's gonna Still. he's gonna spam it to yeah. him. Yeah, it's fair. Well, That's the, very fair. The only reason AJ Brown is dropping thirty points a week is because Jack DeRio has all timers and forgot he's Julio that Jones. that that Emmanuel Forbes got cooked last week. Let's try. Let's see how he does next week. Like, I I, mean, I, re- I recently saw a stat that the last six game stretch for AJ Brown is better than any six game stretch of Julio Jones's entire career. Wow. That's nuts. Yeah, more catches, more yards, and more touchdowns. That's crazy. I mean, to be fa- to be crazy. fair, Julio never scored touchdowns. Yeah, he never did. But, yeah. I mean, now they're on the same team. You've got the ghost of Julio Jones past and AJ Brown. That'll be something very interesting, considering you and Gabe are both playing this week. They're playing each other this week. Yeah, very, I mean, that'll be a very interesting matchup. Um, pray, I have yeah, half the mind to start Josh Dobbs. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of hoping you win out, so you make the bottoms more yeah. bottom, yeah. and then I can. Rise I mean, up. Yeah, I mean, I'm, nice. I mean, I'm six and two, top of the league. Yeah. Um, I don't see. I don't see how I could lose the league now, but you never know, man. You never know. Fantasy is as a crazy as, game. As long as my guys come back and they're at least decent, I think I'll be fine. Yeah, very. So, uh, I have a free win. It's against oh, Willard. It's against Austin, Austin Willard. Yeah, have fun. See if CD drops forty-four like he did last week. Oh uh, uh, yeah, that won't happen. Uh, now, uh, uh, don't say that. He will. Unfortunately, <laughs> actually, yes, say that. I want him to drop forty on you. Yeah, my, say that on my, your dome. My pride and joy. Head tap. You know? Do you guys know who my pride and joy is? Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta, Laporta is yep. on a buy. Mid. Ah, uh, yikes. He's not. Whoa. He's not mid. Whoa. <laughs> don't don't go there. He's not. I mid. know. Andrew Andrew has his mouth wide open because I just dissed an Iowa tight end. <laughs> <laughs> tight end you. No. Tight end you. Oh no. my god. Yeah. Uh, well, Noah Fant was a was a huge success. <laughs> That's like saying Jack Campbell's mid. It's like one miss though. After <laughs> one like incredible one game, I have picked up well. Levis. Oh, nice. And that's it. And you're playing him over Joe Burrow. Oh, I'm not. No, I no. wonder. Cam, you know the only way you can win, you you can get well left to get points is that if you dip your own bananas in mayo. I hope you. I hope you know that if he didn't have DeAndre Hopkins, he would be putting mayo on buns at McDonald's right now. Wow. Well, I I I hope him the best. He's going to be riding my bench. I think you're getting him and Malik Willis mixed up. Oh yeah, they'd be they'd be the best coworker duo the ever. The best coworker duo. They'd be thro- they'd be throwing sandwiches back and forth to each other. They'd be like, "Oh, touchdown, touchdown!" <laughs> That'll be seven fifty. That'll be seven fifty. Cash a card. Oh my gosh! All right. Oh uh, wow! We oh almost gosh. have hit the. Oh my god, that's a great duo name, Cash your card. Cash your card, <laughs> Mister Cash your cards. Uh, wow, guys! Uh, almost a two-hour episode this week. I think our uh, definitely our longest episode to ever. date. Yeah, ever for sure. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, something I do want to mention real quick: stirring the pot socials are out now. We have oh yeah a Twitter for or X formerly known as Twitter. It is uh, 
all it'd be all cap it'd be STB in caps and underscore and then a capital P and then so it'd be just STP pod with an underscore in the in the middle. Um, and then there you'll get our link tree with our other um, socials as well. Um, YouTube is stirring the pot official. Uh, everything is the same logo of how it is on uh, everybody who listens on Spotify. YouTube, we're thinking, will most likely have uh, the podcast first before anywhere else. So if you want to tune in quick, as soon as it releases, go to YouTube. And then the Instagram is all lowercase stirring the pot official. So shout out, <laughs> shout out us. We got some shout socials going. Yeah. Shout out for Connor for <laughs> calling you out on it being yeah, off the cow. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so we off the cow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout spell. out, <laughs> shout out, Gabe for ultimate spelling yeah. skills. Uh, but that's gonna do it for episode eight. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you for the support. We all truly do appreciate it. And without be- that being said, all further ado, stay safe, everybody, and take it easy. Peace out, yeah.